glad we watched the OC where we get it the baffled king is composing hallelujah I'm Sarah you, you didn't think that was funny <laughs> you didn't that wasn't that was the, maybe the worst one that I've done <laughs> I'm Sarah that's Evan he doesn't think I'm funny oh I think you're wonderful mm. you're I I'm just so um I'm torn I'm broken up I'm 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 just devastated. You're devastated? Because of the... The emotional content of this here episode of yes, The O.C.? Yes, I am <laughs> broken down. Um, wow. I'm a shell of my former self. Okay, we're gonna... I'm half the man I used to be. Do we have any news items? Uh, you, we haven't even <laughs> said which podcast oh shit yeah, sorry. sorry 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 <laughs> do it this is professionalism <laughs> we have thought this whole thing through um consummate professional consummate professionalist this is the podcast called orange you glad we watch the oc wherein we watch and talk about every single episode We've got four more years of this. <laughs> Maybe three. Of seminal 2000s television. The OC. The OC. That's OC. That's the one. The one. The one in California. Since we are going to be... Okay, what? It's going to have a... Um, it'll be the something anniversary. The 20th anniversary. For a 30th anniversary? 20th. I don't know. Yeah. You shut up. You're not introduced yet. Um, anyway, I'm wondering if they are going to reboot it because they're rebooting goddamn everything. Um, Adam Brody is much too classy for a reboot now. And uh, Rachel Bilson has run her mouth too much to anybody actually wanting to be involved. Oh, yeah? I think so. Well, I mean, they could just recast all the characters and just start it from scratch. Do you know how well that went with Josh Schwartz's other property, Gossip Girl? They tried to reboot it? Yeah. And it did it go really well? No. Sorry, it's been a while since we used this microphone. Um, I'm going <laughs> to... There we go. Okay. There we go. Great. Excellent. Do you have any news items? We have a very special... No, we don't yes, yet. We do. No, we yes, don't we yet. I don't have any fucking news. We have a guest. We, won't want, we don't the want UPS to keep them The UPS is going to go on strike, which is going to be pretty great. You're not uh, doing so the news your- song. <laughs> <laughs> I know why he stopped listening to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, UPS is going to go on strike. I'm pretty uh, stoked for them. I uh, hope they get a fair contract. Uh-huh. I don't care about getting packages. Uh-huh. Uh, I send things out USPS anyway. Oh, you care about getting packages. Oh, no, I guess I do, since it's a big part of 
the business that I'm in. But no, that was like a dick joke. Oh, I don't. God really... damn it! I mean, yes, yeah. big hard packages, <laughs> big thick. Damn it! Fuck! Fuck! Okay, fine. That's it. Are you nervous? Do you want to look cool in front of our guest? <laughs> no, there's no way I possibly could. <laughs> Evan. We'd have to be completely reintroduced as people, and I'm pretty sure I would <laughs> I'd fuck it up immediately anyway. So, Evan, talk about our guest. Okay, we do have a guest in studio today. Um, you know him as uh, somebody that uh, I have chat talked multiple times uh, on air. Um, yeah, you can make that face. It's because you stopped listening to the show, so... <laughs> We kept giving you little Easter eggs, like, Steve, text Evan when you hear this part. I never got those yeah. texts. He was he cried himself to sleep. I never got those texts. Anyway, um, here... We'll never achieve a level of professional success. In studio, uh, live and in person. Um, we, we told you that he was going to be here the last episode, which I still have to put up. <laughs> we have to put it up tonight before we go to bed. It's my brother, Steve. Hey, everybody. I'm happy to be here. That was awesome. A solid five minutes before we let you talk. Yes. <laughs> this was Steve's first viewing Indeed of any episode of the OC. Do you have any initial thoughts that you would like to express? Well, before Steve talks. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I just want to, I want to lay down what's happening here. So okay. Steve has not seen... Correct me if I'm wrong. You haven't seen any of the OC. I have not seen it. Okay. And you only actually listened to a few episodes of our stupid podcast, right? Uh, Yes. I listened through the Tijuana episode. Okay. So. um, Again, it's fine. We're not actually. Yeah, no, no, no. No one cares. It's actually great that you don't have any context for any of this because the the whole conceit is you you are only going to see the season finales. Having seen none of the other episodes, so you are 26 episodes short. Correct. On this whole plot arc here, um, and came in completely cold into episode 27, and will hopefully, unless someone dies or we give up or something like that. We're not giving up. Um, no. I'm dragging you kicking and screaming through this entire series. You will see three more episodes of this show because it will be season two finale, season three finale, and season four finale. So what, we were getting Steve's initial... Just like what a temperature check. Temperature or? check. Do you did did you have a good time? How do you feel after seeing your very first episode of two thousand three slash two thousand four seminal television experience, The OC? I I will be honest. After listening to you guys talk about this show, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Does that qualify as high praise? That's all we can ask for, baby. <laughs> I mean, there were some definitely cringeworthy moments in this episode. Uh, but overall, uh, it wasn't terrible. High praise. <laughs> high praise. Would you... So let's so let's say um, it's 2004, right? Go back to when you were 23, 24? 23. 23. Yeah. Okay. Where were you working? Were you working at Coke? No, I was in uh, medicine at the Wisconsin Physician Service. <laughs> Data entry. Oh, you were? You were at WPS? Indeed I was. Okay, in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. So, say you came home 
from a tough shift of data entry at WPS. Yeah. And you turned on the television mm-hmm. and it was a brand new episode. It was the 27th episode of this television show. After watching that, would you have gone, ooh, I'm going to watch season two when it airs, or I'm going to see, I'm going to try and catch up on previous episodes of this that I missed? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> No way. I, I am shocked that this show got picked up for a second season, much less a third or fourth. Uh, well, Paris Hilton did star in one episode. Guest starred. Guest starred. Guest starred of this episode. first season that I missed? Yes. Oh, I'm sad yes. I missed that one. Again, and I'm so curious what the fucking production schedule of this thing actually was. Yeah. I'm dying to know because... <sighs> Like, she wouldn't have gone on a show that they didn't think was going to be something, right? Would she? Paris Hilton was really into just kind of doing stuff, like, for shits. I think this was around the time when she was in that horror movie, House of Wax. Oh, my God. I forgot about that Good memory, honey. Thanks. So I think she might have been... Perhaps healing from her trauma at boarding school. Perhaps. And getting into acting. <laughs> that's that's my theory. Sorry, I'm trying to unwrap this cord a little bit. Everything all right over there? Yep. Okay. Professionalism. I have so many questions. <laughs> uh, I mean, not having seen a single episode yes. before this uh, season one finale. Um, I don't know if we can just get right into it. Who was that lady? Um, <laughs> after the, like, what, fourth or fifth uh, episode, uh, I had no idea. Uh, this lady was not in any of those episodes, as far as I am aware. Um, she was in a handful towards the end of this first season. So the conceit of this show is poor kid lives with rich family. Yeah. So that character is Teresa. She is from the poor side. She's from Ryan's past. <gasps> Ex-girlfriend or yeah, I, were they? Yes, yes, they dated, and Misha Barton was not happy about it. Why is she? Did did the Coens also adopt? The- no, no. Um, she there, uh, there was a plot point of her being abused. Okay. I have so many things to say about this character. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It's just infuriating for everybody who's no, actually no, no. watched all of the episodes. It's A of all, no one listens to this except for <laughs> Kathy sometimes, and then she texts us, and it's great. Um, Teresa is canonically 17 in the... Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, her whole arc was she was getting married. To At a, 17? Uh-huh, to a 24-year-old. And she has cold feet about the wedding and the impending marriage and chooses the guy, the 24-year-old, over Ryan after having, like, a arc in the OC. So okay. he's the better choice, the 24-year-old, who is Eric Balfour, who was seen in two episodes and then went on to Six Feet Under. I, I'll have to take your word for it. I'm, yes. I'm not familiar. So he was in Six Feet Under. He like just got cast in that. So we never see him again. I see. I see. But so then they decide that he's abusive. Oh yeah. What? Um, 
<laughs> editing this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, they did the reveal where um, a few episodes ago, are we allowed to talk about other episodes Steve hasn't seen? If Steve has questions, we are allowed to fill Steve in. Did he... Did he ask explicitly about... Oh, my God. Stop gatekeeping information. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming all of your listeners will understand everything that I all, know. All of them. They're all Belgian. They don't understand shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's within a two-week period that they decide that this man who is stable, who's, who's, again, 17, and everyone's like, yeah, cool, go get married... But then in like a two week period in the show's time, they're like, no, never mind. He was hitting you this whole time. So you have to come to Orange County to escape. That makes total sense. And that is when we are led to believe that Teresa and Ryan did the thing where you can get pregnant. (laughs) Oh. Okay. So um, we're ahead left off. Uh, Ryan and M- Marissa mm-hmm. had not yet become an item. Correct. Ah. So uh, I'm assuming at one point they become an item, but because they're uh, apparently teenagers, they have broken up. Yes. And in this uh, weeks long breaking up, he has gone on to bang his ex girlfriend. Correct. Okay. All right. And yes. then after he has gotten that out of his system, he and Marissa get back together. Yep. Okay. And then Teresa's like, whoa. And then everyone is like, whoa. And then it's intentionally left ambiguously because it is the season finale. So they want yeah. you to come back next season and be like, where the baby at? <laughs> Are you, do you want to pause? It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Okay, there. I just need a little slack. I just need a little slack. We're okay. I'm going to have to mute. There was... It's fine. Maybe I'll just leave it all in. Maybe leave it's it in. really funny. It's, it's just horrible shuffling noises while you two are talking okay. about previous episodes. I, 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 again, apologize to all of your listeners. Um, why in the hell... <laughs> Would Summer ever date Seth? Oh, buddy. Oh. Oh, 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 buddy. Um, We ask ourselves that question. Every single day. Yeah. I wake up in the morning and I just ask myself, why? Why would Summer be dating Seth? In what world does that make sense? So, okay. A real genuine answer to this. Josh Schwartz, the creator of this television television show, and also Gossip Girl, he put a lot of himself into the character of Seth. So it's kind of retconning his life. Like, yes, hot girls would absolutely be interested in me, despite my terrible wardrobe and my pedantry. Pedantry. Pedantry? Pedantry. One of those. So that's that's why. Also, he is into comics. Oh. Yep. He mentioned powers in two episodes ago the brian Oof. michael bendis yeah and okay. and i got mad why did you get mad i love powers uh, i wasn't a fan no i i got like the first i don't know five or six issues and it was like as yeah, it wasn't for me which one is powers it's sweary superheroes it was edgy for the time yes. i'll give you that 
Yes. For the time, it was very edgy. I was also really into Alias, so there's that. I never saw Alias. No, no, no. There, the Alias separate. is based on a comic book, isn't it? No. Oh. <laughs> they just named a series with Jennifer Garner, Alias, but um, the comic book run Alias is a completely different thing. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. I liked it a lot. For a long time, I kept very badly preserved issues of the individual comics and then i think we moved into this place and i was like nah can't do it that's fair yeah okay um okay my first impression after watching this first episode or this last episode episode. um i i wasn't understanding why on the podcast you guys were bashing seth so much and now I feel like you guys are going easy on him. Like, <laughs> that guy is a total turd. I will say this. The show... So, as I talk about these episodes, Sarah can attest, one of the things I always look for sort of in our dissection of these things is consistency. Character consistency, plot consistency, whatever, right? Um, and the writers of this show don't give a fuck about consistency at all. Uh, especially when it comes to these characters. It's like they bring in a new batch every episode. Of yeah, writers, like, honestly. And it's they're like, given a whiteboard, and they're like, go. Yeah, and they're like, who is this Seth character? And they're like, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Just, <laughs> put, just put them in situations. <laughs> okay. Anyway. There's um, a boat? There. <laughs> what's, the, what's the boat called again? Autumn? What? I don't know. <laughs> so uh, there are episodes where Seth is not just... To- oh, there are episodes where he's tolerable. There's, epi- there's episodes where you like Seth, where you're like, uh, begrudgingly. I find this very hard to believe. Always begrudgingly, yeah. <laughs> but then most of the episodes, Seth is a yeah a, a child, the like a, a, a petty, uh, self-absorbed, the other excellent thing, child. The other thing I want to add to that that we should be keeping in mind, but it doesn't actually hold water, they're teenagers. <laughs> so... Right. Yes. No, they're all 30. Oh, but. M- wow. <laughs> Just wow. Okay. In I don't know if we can jump ahead to the scene where um, the mom, um, uh, uh, Seth's mom, what's Seth's mom's name? Kirsten. Uh, Kirsten is talking with uh, the pregnant girl. Mm-hmm. Teresa. They're the same age. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Teresa remarks, oh, but I'm in high school or whatever, and I, I think I had to stifle a laugh. <laughs> they're She's clearly like dabbing co-workers. at her crow's feet. But <laughs> some of their behavior is, I think, intended to be shitty because teenagers are shitty to each other and to their parents and to their whatever. But it doesn't hold water because sometimes the show wants the teens to be adults. Uh, and then they also want them to be teens. Like this is actually this episode is sort of a perfect example. I feel like we're going to be bouncing back and forth, so timeline probably doesn't actually matter a whole lot. Yeah, we can fall into our typical routine if we want to at some point and go beat by beat. But I will say this: um, this episode is a perfect example of the teens being simultaneously, you know, choosing actions like a real idiotic teen would do, right? Uh, vis-a-vis keeping a pregnancy. Like, that's a very realistic thing that a stupid teen would do. But then additionally, giving the Ryan character way, way too much credit. Because, like, a typical teen boy would be like, oh, you're leaving? 
Sweet. I don't have to worry about this child I may have fathered. Awesome. I can go back to my life as a carefree teen with my cute girlfriend and smoocher all summer long and not worry about you. Sorry about that, baby. Bye. Like, that's what a real fucking teenager in Ryan's situation would have done. But they made Ryan like... Ooh, this actually adult responsible character in this episode that's like, oh, I guess I have to go be a teenage dad. Like, like, mm, but would he do that though? No, he wouldn't do that though. His choice makes sense if his character had been in therapy for 30 years. <laughs> like, he would have arrived at the literal decision of, well, my dad was shitty for this reason. And now I have to overcome my dad's lineage of shittiness. But he's supposed to be 18? Yes, I think he's supposed to be 18. No 18-year-old in the world. Right, is like, ooh, maybe here I can squelch the cycle of, of neglect. <laughs> like, no, no teenager has the, the, the self-awareness to be like, well, most of my problems are probably based on my familiar relationships and the fact that I never felt like I had a really strong father figure. I'm going to make sure that I provide that sort of sense of stability for my unborn child that I myself never experienced. No! No! No, he'd be like, my boner get hard! Kiss girls! Like, that's what he would fucking do! Me go sleep now! School hard! Like, that's what it would fucking be! Also, he's going back... Pizza. <laughs> I think he's going into senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're setting up for next year. He's so he would technically be a high school dropout looking for a job to support this family of Teresa who bounces from catering job to catering job. And what is he going to do? Work in the car garage with Eric Balfour, who will surely kick his ass now? No. No. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing that we're not mentioning. So he's going home to Chino, which is where he came from, which is apparently like... The other side of the tracks. Yeah, it's the the West Alice of... Yes. (laughs) No, it's really funny. It's apparently like Chino's not actually that hard. It is literally like... People that watched the show were like, why the fuck are you talking down to Chino? <laughs> like, Chino is essentially like our West Dallas. Okay. Like, it's like, okay, um, it's not like fucking war-torn fucking <laughs> Afghanistan, you guys. Like, But they absolutely did the thing. They filmed a couple of scenes in either Chino proper or some place that was supposed to be Chino. And you know how when they film, like, South American movies, the air they color correct is, everything to yeah. be like yellowish oh, orange yeah. that's hilarious yeah. <laughs> it's like he was doing a tour of duty it was a backyard <laughs> quinceanera <Palestine>. yeah <laughs> yeah it was yeah <laughs> i okay so i i have to just step back real quick okay what are the ages of these characters because i was convinced they were all graduating high school at the end of this episode Mm-mm. <laughs> no they're all they're all canonically going into senior year. They are juniors going into their senior year yes. after this summer. Yes. This makes no sense. Yeah, no. It I doesn't. believe Adam Brody was 20 when he filmed, which it, it makes sense because like he hasn't grown into his torso yet. We talk about his torso all the fucking time. He had like one pube on his chest the one time we that got he to took see off it his last shirt. Episode. Yeah, it was great. Ooh. Evan was super excited. Um, 
Ben McKenzie is 24. Misha Barton is between 17 and 19. And I have no recollection of how old Summer is. And I can't remember the actress's name, even though I said it like eight times. Uh, Bailey. Rachel Bilson. Oh. What were you going to say? I was make up a dumb name, but yeah, Rachel Bilson. Bailey McBailey. Bailey McBailey's. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. But she's, she's pretty young. Junior, junior's going into senior year. Like, I understand it's a television show and you can't cast actual children to work 80 hours a week on yeah. a television show. Yeah. But wow. I, I, yeah, no, they're a hard 24. <laughs> like, they've been chain smoking since they started with an agent when they were 10. Yeah. They stopped yeah. showing Ryan with his shirt off, but the first few episodes where his shirt was off, you're like, this is a 32-year-old adult man. Like, <laughs> this, how are they trying to... I think that's one of the reasons they stopped showing him with his shirt off as much as they did. Because it was like, this guy could be my dad. Like, Jesus. <laughs> but yes. I, yeah, so when... Um, uh, Misha Barton's dad, uh, uh, Tate Donovan, comes in and he's having a heart to heart with her, his daughter. I honestly thought they could be dating because they're not, they didn't seem that far in age to me, but maybe I'm just jaded to these Hollywood uh, romances. But uh, anyway, okay, so uh, my other real quick take was uh, Seth's mom. Uh, the actress that plays Julie Cooper. Uh, no, Ju- sorry, not Julie Cooper. Kirsten. K- Kirsten. Kirsten. Um, she like I think that was some bad casting because she looks exactly like Misha Barton's mom. They look like they could be sisters. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think canonically, Peter Gallagher is supposed to be very, very Jewish. His character, oh. and she's supposed to be like a the the white lady who fell for the. Um, not that Jewish people aren't white, but you know what I'm saying. The blonde lady. She's supposed to be Ooh, like boy. the perfect chick size. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So an opposite opposite side of the tracks thing. I see. Yeah. Two steps forward, one step back. Opposites attract. Correct. <laughs> what was that? Scat Cat? Was that his name? MC Scat Cat. MC Scat Cat. Nice. That's why we're married. Okay. I like the movies and I like tea. That's a, that's a lyric. That's really a lyric. You like the movies and I like tea. Those are the, not diametrically what, opposed things. Right? Co- like, I could see I like coffee and you like tea. <laughs> yeah. I like movies. I like TV. Because at the time, movies and television were, there was a larger, this was, you know, this was before, I think, what we call like the golden age of. This know, was before Nicole Kidman point. was in multiple prestige HBO projects. Yes. Yes. With all of her various coats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wigs. Yes. Yep. The Nicole Kidman wearing coats era <laughs> of prestige drama television. Yes. Okay. So thank you for your hot takes. Let's go beat by beat, scene right. by scene now. Um, and let's let's break it down like we like we typically would. You can ask for context. You can give us your thoughts on things, how scenes sort of rubbed you, uh, if you were curious about things as characters were face acting and you didn't understand necessarily why they were face acting. You know, (laughs) this will be great. Let's go. We open up. You finally got to see it. The Breakfast Nook. No, we don't. Fuck me. (laughs) 
We don't open up at the breakfast breakfast nook? No, we open up on they're doing a bunch of aerial shots of the water and a bunch of boats and they're kind of going in. Oh, we're, we're on the docks, right? Yep. Fuck, yes. Fuck, yep. God fucking damn. Which is you great. Were, okay. I'm so sad you were so confident. I was so confident. We <laughs> do get to the breakfast nook later. Okay, yes. uh, I have to interject right away. The first shot. Um, is a shot of uh, the docks, uh-huh. and, and we overhear uh, our two main characters oh, talking. Yep. But it's sort of a tracking shot of these two attractive men walking, and I thought those were the characters. <laughs> but then slowly these two attractive men walk past, and we're stuck with uh, uh, Ryan and Seth. I'm like, huh? What? That was like a mislead. Where? <laughs> See, this is great. This is why you having seen literally no other episodes of this show. Now it's time to chew on camera, everybody. Or to chew on mic. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. It's a microphone. I'm going to be eating these cookies. I'm stress eating. <laughs> he also has a stress rubber band. Oh. That he... It's right oh, there. There it is. <laughs> okay, so they're talking about baby names, potential baby names for this unborn child of Teresa. You can have some of the cookies if you want. And oh, I thank think you. the only thing I remember is Seth suggesting Thor. And I was oh, like, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, uh, it's not funny. But I don't know if it's meant to be funny. So we go from that to... Well, Ryan is like, dude, can we please not fucking talk about baby names yeah he's like I don't actually think this is I'm not actually stoked about the circumstances but that my life are leading towards but it's a practical conversation because they are in fact waiting for Teresa at a beachfront pregnancy that was great that was like next to the ice cream and fudge shop (laughs) moccasins right there Planned Parenthood right there you know no it's not even a Planned Parenthood probably I bet it canonically it would be one of those places the pregnancy centers where they're like but do you really want to abort your baby but it has a heartbeat but do you want to see the pictures of like a seed from a watermelon because that's how big your baby is wouldn't it be cute if it was a tiny watermelon seed baby etc sorry I went that I let that go for too long it, no I liked it thank I liked you every second of it thank you so this was the introduction what was your take on Seth in this initial conversation did you even know who he was I I just uh, from you know listening to the conversation I I had kind of gathered you know the character dynamic of uh you know tough kid new in town and uh you know nerd happy to have anybody to talk to. <laughs> okay, that's great. That rubs me really the right way that you could tell immediately just from their energy that it was Ryan and Seth. Oh that's yeah, that's great. So uh, this conversation, I'm sorry, I really want to get Steve's thoughts on this. No, 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 get him. Um, this initial conversation, Seth is like, well, what if we name it Thor? What was your initial thought about Seth? I really didn't have much to think about him yet. I mean, he, no? He, no, his character hadn't quite come through at that point. We need to come up with a, with a scale. Definitely, like, I would say by the next scene where they're meeting Teresa, was it? Uh-huh. Uh, on the boardwalk or whatever. Like he, where he just tries to pepper in these awful jokes. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. He is trying way too hard. It's just swing and a miss each time. Okay, so we need to come up with a scale here. Um, the scale of Seth and sufferability. Yes, because I want to know. 
Okay, but I want it to be more of a Kinsey thing, right? Where if you're a zero, you're totally neutral. And I want there to be positive and negative. Okay. So we'll just have it be um, down to negative 10, up to positive 10, zero in the middle is totally neutral. This is too hard. No, no, no. Steve will, Steve will be able to follow us. Steve went to art school. So uh-huh. yep. I'm gonna- when, you first, when you first saw this initial conversation about baby names, you were, tr- you were truly at a zero. Truly. You're like, yeah. oh, I recognize that Seth. Yes. But I have no, really no opinion of yeah. it yet. Okay. Teresa comes out. And they cut immediately from that back to the breakfast. Night. breakfast they're milk. doing, yes! they're doing the thing where they're like, "We're not going to tell you what the decision is, or what she says when she comes out of the pregnancy office." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the there's going to be a new scene. <laughs> Intrigue. <laughs> they cotton candy in her hand <laughs> and some cracker jack that she won in the Planned Parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> she shot the clown in the mouth or whatever the. <laughs> That's how they take the pregnancy test. She has to piss in this clown's mouth until it fills and bursts the balloon. They gave me a free tails plushie. <laughs> so okay, we do get to go to the um, breakfast nook. Yep, and Kirsten is on the phone about the food for the rehearsal dinner. This is a running uh, thing about Caleb's character that you wouldn't have picked up on. Um, but throughout the season, it is established that he does not like cilantro. So uh, Kirsten is yelling about, if there is one piece of cilantro that touches my father's lips, he's going to projectile vomit and then fire you. And then uh, Sandy comes in and is like, oh, someone give me some cilantro. Right. Like, so one of the things I love about Sandy is he hates Caleb so much. He do. He will do anything. Sandy is Peter power. Gallagher. Yeah. Yes. Sandy, okay. And Caleb is grandpa. Correct. Yeah. Australian okay. grandpa. Um, New Zealandish grandpa. Oh, thank you. Uh, Kiwi grandpa. Kiwi grandpa. So uh, Kiwi isn't a pejorative, right? They like the word Kiwi? I believe so. Okay. So um, listeners. <laughs> this is where we ask for audience engagement and get none. Um, Slip into our DMs at <laughs> O-Y-G-W-W-T-O-C.tumblr.com. Okay. The thing I love about Peter Gallagher and Sandy uh, is he hates Caleb Nichols so much he will do anything in his power to go out of his way to make Caleb Nichols miserable. Yes. Um, it's very petty, but we stand it because there's a lot of history there. I oh, Can I interject real quick? Yes. I have two questions. Go ahead. Uh, the first of which, why are these people married? They clearly hate each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> There, whatever love was there, it is long gone between this couple. But they're smooching on each other towards the end of the scene. What do you mean? <laughs> it was very awkward. Uh, you know, he was basically like, I hate your dad so much. I want to <laughs> dance on his grave. And she's like, but what if I gave you a PJ? <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, I do like PJs. All right. Well, I guess no divorce for you today. I love when he walks it back, right? She's like, oh, what if I put my hand in your pants? And he's like, well, maybe I'll just flay your dad alive. And she's like, what if I touch? the tip. Maybe I'll just poison him. He's like, "Uh, what if I coax a little pre-cum out? He's like, fine, I'll shoot him in the back of the head. (laughs) He's slowly walking it back. An earnest answer to this question is I think she kind of canonically hates her dad too. 
so they're kind of tied to each other in that way because she cannot outwardly express it because she is works for him daddy issues yeah but the show is also all about daddy issues in a lot of ways and this i mean this episode is you know i think they really sort of they hammer that nail in there like daddy issues daddy issues (laughs) um It's really interesting to me that you think the dynamic between Sandy and Kirsten is that they hate each other. That's fascinating. I mean, that's how it comes off, you know. incredible. Yeah. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) And then, okay, uh, uh, the second question I have, and this was brought up sort of on the previously on, uh, or no, was it? I don't know. Um, From what I have listened to those first couple episodes of the podcast, uh, Sandy is a lawyer. Why does he also have a restaurant? Is this a lawyer restaurant? God, when's the last time, what's the last episode Sandy did lawyering of any kind? Oh, God, was it the one where he counseled Teresa about leaving her abusive boyfriend? That I is, guess, but that's, that's technically not even like... No, 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 that's technically lawyering. Lawyering, because I saw from a lawyer on TikTok that... The second that you offer someone legal advice, even if it is in an informal or uh, unsolicited setting, they can turn around and say, well, you're my attorney now. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so technically. Okay, so that was how many episodes ago? Uh, like three. Okay. So before that. So once upon a time. the last time we saw him in an office doing God. Like, lawyering, lawyering? Like, Ugh. I'm preparing documents for a legal case. Was it when he was suing Caleb Nickel? Yeah. That was like... Episode eight. (laughs) (laughs) So he's ostensibly a lawyer, but he has not been a lawyer lawyer in a pretty good long time. Like this episode, he's going to be a restaurateur. You know, next episode, he's going to be a filmmaker. (laughs) Sandy tries. Um. (laughs) That's a show I would watch. (laughs) No, um... He started out canonically as a public defender, which is how he ran across Ryan and was like, I'm adopting you now because daddy issues in reverse. You're like my son. I see you. Sunny issues. Sunny issues. <laughs> sure. Um, and then he gets like butthurt because his wife makes more money than he does. So he takes a corporate lawyering job and then he decides that is not fulfilling enough and also he wants to bail Jimmy, who has made some terrible financial decisions out of whatever world of hurt he is in. So they decide to go into a restaurant business together. Makes dis- sense. Despite having no previous restaurant experience. Hearing you read all this back sort of from memory really drives home <laughs> just how easily glossed over that initial deeply unethical decision of Sandy literally legally adopting one of his indigent clients. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa. What world do they live in where that would be accepted as a thing he could do? But they needed a foil for Seth. They needed a cool kid foil who smoked in exactly one episode and wore (laughs) wife beaters and wrist cuffs. Oh, yeah. So yeah, they bought the, it's, God, it's such a long fucking story. It's hardly <laughs> worth going into. They owned a restaurant for a single episode. It took okay. like seven episodes for them 
to actually get it up and running. For all of those episodes, it was exactly the same partially finished restaurant didn't, set that didn't change at all. Didn't two characters like fuck in the restaurant setting or something? I can't remember. I, I, I don't remember. No. But um, the the general. So, oh God, do we even bother explaining it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't we, really we, matter. we can move on with the episode. The yeah. biggest thing that you need to retain about the restaurant that never was is this. Their whole big concept was. It was going to feature two different kinds of meatloaf, both from recipes from their respective grandmothers, Oof. and two different martinis, vodka, and gin, obviously, and nothing else. That was literally the whole concept they were building this restaurant on. Brilliant. <laughs> Would you eat at this restaurant? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> What was the, uh, just out of curiosity, what was the restaurant called? Oh. The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Yeah, they never changed it from, no. they were buying the restaurant from somebody who was retiring from the restaurant business. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Fair enough. Anyway, okay, so where were we? Uh, breakfast Nook, Sandy's like, I hate your father so much. And she's like, what if I kissed your face? <laughs> yep. So they're making out and whatever, and this is when the kids traipse into the breakfast nook. Sandy has to quickly put his hog away so that they don't see it. (laughs) (laughs) Kirsten has to pull her pinky out of his urethra like a wine cork. (laughs) (laughs) He just, that's what he likes. He likes being pinky sounding. I hate your father. What if I, what if I do this? What if the earthworm finds that's, the home? That's just your AO3 <laughs> fiction, Evan. I don't actually think this is a thing about this character. So they, they traipse into the room. I think this is why Kathy has stopped listening to the, <laughs> the podcast. They tra- We've driven most of our audience away. It's, it's almost on purpose at this point. <laughs> Sorry, so the kids if come in. If a podcast in. falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? Um, the kids come in to announce that Teresa is pregnant, like you do before school. You know, oh no, they say, shouldn't you be in school? They all took the day off to find this result from the legit pregnancy center, probably. Oh yeah, this is another thing. So Teresa has not been going to school. She has been out of school for most of the show, even though she is 17. And I don't think it's legal for her to not be going to school, but I could be wrong. Or do you have to go to school until you're 16? How does it work in the state of California? I think you can drop out at like 16. Yeah. At least I think in Wisconsin you can. Okay, hang on. Give it a sec here. In the state of California, how long are you legally required to attend school? Okay, so obviously she has not obtained parental permission, so no. she's just not going to school so, that's so that also, she can be a waitress. But that's also 2023. We don't know what it was like back oh, then. Oh, fuck. Okay, hang on. No! <laughs> I mean, Do there's we have to? No way they could have known this. In They're the lawyers. In 2004, how long were kids required to attend high school in the state of California? Uh, here we go. A review of California's compulsory education laws. 
Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, the Williams case. This is from 2004. Uh, let's see. Latest information on the Landmark Superior Court case to provide all students equal access to instructional materials, safe school and quality teachers. I don't actually think this is what you're looking for. Uh, yeah, no, I don't actually think. No. Nope. Ooh, it was signed into law. <gasps> <gasps> I forgot that the gubernator was the governor in 2004. <laughs> this was signed into law by uh, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, in July 2004. Oh my gosh, we're in July right now, 2023. Amazing. Incredible. It, the coincidences never 19 stop. 19 years ago, almost to the day, uh, the settlement would be implemented through legislation adopted Senate Bill SB6, SB550, Assembly Bill 1550, 2727, and 3001. If you get out of here at 10 o'clock, if you have like a hard out, we can <laughs> fucking... No, it's fine. Is it's fine. California state law a part of the podcast now? Is this a recurring segment <laughs> Apparently, <of> the pod? <laughs> this week in California state law. <laughs> no, okay, fine. But I think it's a little shady that she's 17 and not in school. Which I want to talk about in the scene uh, what coming of, up. What part of the show are we in now? We're at the very beginning. Oh, yeah, they're like, we're pregnant. Yep. And the parents are, uh, Sandy and Kirsten are shocked. They make little shocked faces. And uh, what else do we do in this scene? Do we go directly to, I think we do, we go directly to. Recap. I don't know. This recap is famously out of sequence. Um, we go to Ryan and Marissa talking, and Marissa is suddenly shitty about um, Ryan sleeping with Teresa. Wait, is this the scene you wanted to talk about? No, uh, I thought we started with Summer and Seth, and they're drinking coffee, and for whatever reason, she's like, we're not having sex. Yeah, that's not included in this at all. This um, cheat sheet that I have. Go ahead. Let's uh, talk about I, that. I, I, Number I was, one, was there coffee in their cups? Oh, those cups were totally empty. I mean, <laughs> that the, they weren't even acting. That yes. they couldn't even put water in those cups. <laughs> that was hilarious. Especially her line is like. Oh, he makes some terrible joke, and she goes, I've got hot coffee, but yeah. no, she does not. No. That cup is totally empty. Yes. So what, what were you going to say? Oh, I I was just... Uh, Something uh, about sex? But, but yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, because that scene is threaded somewhere before the scene that I was just starting to describe. And we it's unclear with why they're not having sex. Because they've just learned that through sex, somehow you can become pregnant. Uh, if done incorrectly... Should I look up what um, sex education was like in the California <laughs> yeah, school system in yes, 2003, 2004? Okay. Then we go, I believe, to... Um, the other scene. Yeah. Can I ask you this, Steve? Yes, so, please. Okay, A, in that scene, where are you on the Sethometer? Uh, medium? I, I don't know. Uh, so you're still at zero? So like negative one I think would blue. be like, negative one would be like, <laughs> I'm not a fan, but I don't detest him. Yes. I, I, at this point, he, he's not annoying to me yet. So like negative 0.5? Yeah. Okay. 
So you're like a little irked by him. Yeah. But okay. Okay. No, that's good. And then also, can I ask you this? Um, now that you have physically seen the characters of Seth and Summer, and yes. you've gotten at this point in the show a little bit of an introduction into what Seth's character is like, would you ever have guessed that they were sexually active with each other? No. Never in a million years. <laughs> they were on the show and IRL. I find that incredibly hard to believe. <laughs> but I mean, you know, they've got the actors on the show have got to be working, you know, horrendous hours and you what, gotta squeeze it in somewhere. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Just sex of convenience. Yeah. You're like, well, I guess you're on top of me in this scene because we're making out. <laughs> No, okay. They're going to be lighting us for a good two hours. I guess we could just <laughs> get it on. I have relayed this anecdote at least twice on this podcast, but I'm going to tell you. Hat trick. So what I mean when I say that Rachel Bilson is running her mouth on podcasts is that she said without saying names that she had never had a orgasm through sleeping with a man until Bill Hader Oof. thereby ouch shading not only Seth Cohen mm-hmm. Adam Brody I just needed to know for myself that I could come up with his name good job Hayden Christensen well I mean come on that's no surprise she I, dated Hayden Christensen yes she did. poor woman <laughs> <laughs> wow higher standards lady <laughs> So no one, no one wants to be under reboot. No one her. could get Rachel Bilson off. No, except Bill Hader. Till Bill Hader. Yep. Yeah. No. So then we move to this uh, <laughs> the scene where Ryan and Misha Barton are yes. like, well, I can't hear what they're saying. Well, she's like, so she is pregnant. And Ryan's like, yes. And she's like, and it, it might, it could be yours. And he's like, yes. And she's like, that's and they sort also- of shitty that you boned when we were broken up for like five minutes and they also mention up mention up mention the fact that they can't determine the who the father is now because it would harm the fetus mm. um so that's how we stretch out that particular plot oh, line okay we're not looking up whether that is scientifically correct or not no because, i don't care no i care way more about california state law yeah i will look up anything <laughs> if it's even tangentially related to california state law but here's the thing about marissa getting shitty about this she broke up with him yeah <gasps> she did yes yeah she broke up with him yeah how what was he supposed she? to do except Go and have a breakup fuck with his ex-girlfriend, who was also all the fuck over him. How was he supposed to get his dick wet otherwise? I ask you. <laughs> Why did she dump him? Um, Because, oh, that's an even longer story. Okay, it doesn't matter. All was of it her. when she... Plot reasons. Yes, she... Yes, 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 plot. Just say plot. Yeah, yep. exactly, Yes very convoluted there was what we call the oliver plot line and the oliver plot line lasted like six episodes if you would like an idea (laughs) of this show's view on mental health in general oliver was a character who had mental problems and issues and he was not treated kindly by these writers that's too bad yeah 
Oh, real quick. I'm sorry to interject again. I have another question. What, what you you're, you're here, here for? Like, what else do you think we fed you pizza and gave you a microphone? I uh, So for the season finale, I was a little shocked. Uh, I thought somewhere um, the ex-boyfriend, uh, hunky... Um, guy who burned down the building or whatever was gonna come back so what happened to that guy luke he moved to san francisco no portland portland did he also get another acting job on i (laughs) dead to me yeah (laughs) i never actually looked into this but i've chris mccormack i think is the actor's name not familiar yeah exactly i've never seen him in anything maybe he joined scientology (laughs) maybe he decided to be a real estate agent he was written off the show and never heard from again um he might make a cameo in like the last season I think it's really a shame. I really, I, I warmed up on Luke. Yeah. That's the other thing. So I, it's fascinating that they got rid of him before this last episode because yeah. So my guess is when you were still listening to our episodes and it's okay that you stopped because it makes this whole thing much funnier. Um, <laughs> Luke and Ryan were still beefing. Yeah. Yeah. Do they become besties? Fast yeah. friends. What? Yeah. 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 But and then, <laughs> Ryan and Seth are besties. And then <laughs> for some reason. And then Luke fucks Marissa's mom a bunch. <laughs> That's fucking great. That's largely why he's forced to leave Portland. Wait, it's but he's also a 17 year old. No, they make it very clear. Basically, Julie Cooper is like, yes, give me your hot legally 18 dick. <laughs> this. She's Whoa, like, it's such a really... good thing that you are 18 years of age and you can have sex with me, a grown adult woman. I Ooh. think they're actually, that is not far off from what the dialogue is. She's like pulling him by a necktie or some shit into her doorway and is like, you're 18, right? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, we've been through so much with these people. We've been, boy, it's been a roller coaster, hasn't it? Gosh. Gosh. Yeah, so sadly, Luke isn't going to be. He became sort of like a puppy dog that we just all huh. really kind of fell in love with. He did make mistakes. Mistakes were made, but it's fine. He had floppy hair. I liked him at the end there. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, he got uh, humanized a lot because uh, his uh, there was a whole very special episode where his dad was outed as gay. Uh, and this is 2003. So like what? being gay, you know, especially, oh you know, by teenagers viewed very differently. And so he lost a lot of his friends. And who was there to support him? Luke. Ryan, my love. Oh, Ryan. Ryan. Luke is the guy. Luke was there to support his dad, finally. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. I was yes, thinking yes, yes, about yes. the sorry, dad, yes. and yes. I was skimming ahead. English is a famously ambiguous language. <laughs> no, it is. Like, it's a terrible language. So, anyway. Um, um, I am going to quote this piece of uh, writing verbatim. All season long, I have been referring to recaps from Anonymous Eagle. Dot com Thank you, Anonymous Eagle, for doing the work for keeping us. us straight on the plot. Because despite the fact that I watched this ten minutes ago, <laughs> do I know what happened? No. Nope. No. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a horrible mess. It's, yeah. It's okay. <clears throat> Amazingly, though, Ryan insists he's dedicated to making things work with Marissa, regardless of who the father of the baby is. This will last approximately three days in Newport or twenty minutes of showtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he flips real quick. Yeah. Like a fucking flapjack. 
Okay, what's our next scene? Or where, where did we still not finish talking about the current scene that we're in? Well, the next scene is we're at the Newport group and Caleb and his black eye are stewing. How do we feel about this black eye makeup? Convincing? It's fine. <laughs> Honey, what do you think? It's better than the last one. Yeah, so Teresa is the last person to have had black eye makeup because uh, her boyfriend Eddie was hitting her right? uh, yep. um, sure uh, we had one of those scenes where like they're filming one side of her face and she's then on it, the phone she's right. on the phone on a pay phone and then at the end of the scene Remember she those? turns very dramatically <gasps> and you're like holy shit and then it goes to the credit sorry yeah yeah so Caleb is at the Caleb group the Caleb who goes group. in to see and why um Sandy why um, What's our conceit for him going to seeing Caleb? Um, it's not clear other than just to fuck with him. He's like, yeah, you look like a guy who's about to get married. Hey, you old fuck. I'm here to fuck with you. <laughs> why was he there? I don't remember why the fuck he was there. Like I came to apologize. Otherwise, your daughter won't suck my dick. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, well, she was like cupping his balls. She was like... <laughs> Just for one day, can't you just be nice to my pa? I just, well, yeah, she's like truce, essentially, for a single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's been approximately eight of these scenes throughout the first season. Yeah. He goes to apologize for something. This show loves a callback, even if it's not intentional. Preferably when it's not intentional. Um... This is also where we learn that the... Okay, in the last episode, they all went to Las Vegas, right? I'm a little... That would have been a key episode they for you to also see. change the title to the LV? No. <laughs> but the episode was called The Vegas. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think... Was it Friends or was it this show that did every... Oh, no. Friends was the one with blank yeah everything in the at least the first scene is season of the show is the blank so sandy came in and fucked up a deal between caleb and a guy who wanted to purchase the lighthouse meatloaf restaurant it's a very convoluted story but essentially yeah Sandy walked in with extremely big dick energy and was like, Oh, Caleb, looks like you got yourself a little shady illegal deal here going on. Oh, what if a lawyer were to come in and squat, take a little squat, uh, pop, pop, a, pop a little squat on your papa's on there? I don't know. I, I, that's <laughs> wow. essentially what Is it Peter was. Gallagher here? Yeah. That was incredible. <laughs> I just need to put some eye, eyebrow mic up on. Mike, Michael? Michael. Michael? Yes. Um, yeah, so this is where we learn that Caleb is actually broke. That's crazy. Right? Like, okay, did you guys understand what the fuck? Like, it's very vague. He was like, oh, the DA is the DA is breathing down my neck now. <laughs> that was great. I, I love the whole conceit of like, well, how, how, how come uh, Christy, uh, Cr- Krista K- Kirsten. Kirsten, Kirsten, sorry, uh, doesn't know about all this. Well, all of the other businesses are failing, but uh, the real estate one, no, it's totally fine. It's, it's separate. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> huh? That makes no sense. We have a running list of things that the writers don't know about. Yeah, that I don't know how they work. Mm-hmm. Hospitals, one of them no okay so what hospitals prison restaurants um high school yeah <laughs> um 
and real estate can be in business just in general yeah oh attorneys is yeah that yeah <laughs> okay hang on okay so now this leads us back to i think the kitchen the Cohen kitchen for dinner or something. Um, Sandy is reassuring Ryan that they're going to do whatever it takes to hold them out. He's not alone. Yada da. It's dadding normally of the kind that, you know, gets our ovaries to, you know, glow a little bit. We love Sandy. We My love ovaries grow, grew five sizes that day. Yes. And I think this is also where Seth wanders in and says pudding approximately yeah. 86 oh, times. Oh my god. What what the hell? <laughs> so where are the, where is your Sethometer? <laughs> and he wanders in and is like, "Mother, is there tapioca pudding a pudding?" Okay. I I'm partially convinced he's a ghost. <laughs> Now, hear, hear me out, because he keeps making all these quips to who? Nobody laughs at these quips. People just sort of, like, pause while, you know, they're like, did, did it get colder in here? <laughs> and they, they, they totally ignore these jokes and go about their conversation. A thing that I do know about the production of this show is there was a certain amount of improvisation. Oof. That went into it specifically from Adam Brody, Oof. and I fear that that is one of his improvisations. That that's why all his co-stars just sort of wait for him to be done. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say their next line. <laughs> so you don't think some you don't think some union writer put pen to paper and said Seth enters asking about pudding. You don't think Big Pudding was a sponsor. <laughs> Of this episode. <laughs> okay. Um, while okay, pudding happens. And what else happens in this scene? I don't because there's a reason we're in the kitchen. Is it just? Is it just Sandy's like we got your back? Right. Yeah. There has to be a larger reason for them being in the kitchen and Seth talking about pudding, or does it just transition once he puts his head in the fridge? I think it just transitions to <laughs> Teresa and Ryan talking by the pool or in the pool house or something, and Teresa's like, "I know you don't want to have a baby. I understand. I don't think I'm going to have the baby." And we're like, "Yes, perfect. That's okay." I know the Hayes Code was no longer a thing by 2004, but this is a genuine question. Like, what is the code where you could not, you could show a pamphlet that said the word right. abortion? Which, that pamphlet was great. <laughs> <laughs> just like a cartoon prop. Just like. I wonder if somebody still has that prop. God. If they've got I it framed so. somewhere. It was hilarious. This was in episode 27, season one, the OC, the ties that bind was it like the moms united for christ did they like write letters to fox and be like you can't say this no, on but air you're right and like the very for okay so at least in my short memory the very first piece of media i can remember that actually was like pro-abortion as health care was obvious child with wow. in 2017 yeah wow. does, does someone do either of you remember something earlier than that where someone I had do. a pregnancy and was like i'm gonna i'm going to abort it and they were like 
cool. That's your choice. It's your body. Abortion is healthcare. Um, it's not a television show or movie, but in Neil Gaiman's death comics specifically. Oh yeah, I'm literally talking about television or film. But I'm talking about the first time I encountered okay. it as a concept of something that's okay to do. Mm-hmm. So now television or film, do you remember what your first exposure to that idea well, was? There was where someone said the word abortion. There was this very special episode with Big Bird. No. <laughs> no, I... I I don't. I can't think of anything. No. No. Yeah, for me it was obvious. Child. Yeah, that's like 2017, right? So just. A- and then there was a plot in a show that we watched. I mean, there have been characters who have had abortions, but they're all like sad and regretful. Right. Yeah. And Maud was a show in the 70s with B. Arthur, and apparently her. I've never seen it, but apparently her character had an abortion, and it was. A huge. That's probably why Jimmy Carter lost for your election. <laughs> Do you remember if they said the word abortion? I don't. Because, yeah, I mean, it's so striking yeah. in this show how they do not say it. They dance around. You know, they say, I don't think I'm going to keep it, right? Like, that's the right. closest they can say. And it's so upsetting. Yeah. And at first, and I should have known off the fucking bat. I was like, yeah, cool, awesome, good job. We should I know. Be, all I other like, characters oh. should be like fucking applauding you. Like, yeah, that's a very, that is a very grown up decision to make. You're right. You're a poor 17 year old. Uh, that would be a massive mistake. Uh, that would alter your life irreparably forever. But do you know what? It also makes complete sense that Kirsten is the person to talk her out of it because she has never faced a repercussion that involves financial decisions vis-a-vis babies or just generally existing in her life. Well, and that's fucking exactly what Teresa says. Are we at that conversation? No, that conversation comes later. Let's talk about that bridge when we come to it. But I want to talk about it now because Kirsten White Lady's real heart. Do it, do it, do it. And I hate it. Do it, do it, do it. It's fine. Do it. we're, we're, We're doing the heroes and villains thing at the end of the episode and my villain for this episode is Kirsten because she should fucking know better she white ladies very hard okay if, if we're jumping all over I have to jump to the scene yes, the crying no or something else uh, something Ooh. else where she goes to Teresa at work very Teresa very very clearly busy mm-hmm. at her job trying to make money so she can support this baby uh-huh. and or Kirsten comes abortion, in because it ain't gonna be free yeah and she comes in and it's like Teresa we need to talk and Teresa's like I'm fucking busy I'm picking up literal pennies off this table so I can feed my child and she's like yeah but I'm here now so <laughs> talk to me and and then the other coworker like Teresa the like register is down again it's like she's 17 what <laughs> Why, why is this her problem? Can I talk about an earlier time that this happens in this exact same fucking show? Yes. Okay. So there's an episode where Ryan's is mom the, disappears. Is it the lobster shack? No. No. So there's an episode where Ryan's mom vanishes and sort of just leaves him. Right. And it's, that's very early in the season. Yeah. Um, so later on, uh, this is maybe like two episodes after <gasps> Ryan is living at the house. Um, Kirsten hires a private investigator to find Ryan's mom. So he, he finds her. She's working at a diner. Uh, and Sandy goes to talk to her. Laundromat. Did, is it a laundromat? Yes, you're right. I'm so sorry. It's a laundromat. Um, 
And it's exactly the same thing. So the scene in that episode opens with her being, uh, she's being accosted on all sides by customers. Uh, She's trying to like fix a machine. Um, She's super, super busy. Sandy comes waltzing through the door and is like, I found you. You gotta talk to me. You gotta come home, your son. And she's like, I'm a little busy right now. And she's like trying to do like seven things. And he's like, but your son needs you. And it's like, it's just so funny to me that these very well-off characters always go to these poor struggling characters at their fucking job when they are (laughs) super busy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in that episode, like, isn't her manager like, like stop talking to that guy and get back to fucking work. Yeah. And he's like, you gotta talk to me about your son. And she's like, I'm a little busy right now. (laughs) It's super funny to me. Then Kirsten does it. Yep. That's what they have in common. That's what's keeping their marriage together. (laughs) A mutual disdain for the working class. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Um, okay. Oh yeah. She also tells, Teresa also tells Ryan that she's not going to tell her mom that any of this is happening, which is will come up later and is in no way foreshadowing or subtle. Okay. This, this girl, I realize she's a pregnant <laughs> teen and it's hard, but the wishy-washiness of like, I don't think I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Uh, I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. No, I'm not going to keep it. No, nah, I will keep it. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to tell my mom. Oh, I'm going to tell my mom. I told, told, I told <laughs> like pick fucking one lady. Jesus. You're 35. You should have your shit together by now. She practically has a geriatric uterus. Yeah. 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 You're not wrong. Um, but yeah, I also think Kirsten is going to be my villain. I don't know. Let's see how it goes. Okay, so that scene is done, and the next morning we're we're on a boat. Oh my god, motherfucker! Is this the summer? No, this is. Um, oh no, we start in the pool house, and Seth is telling Ryan that oh we were gonna have a cool summer, and let's go pay the boat dock fees and get on the boat, and blah blah blah. Evil. You're a rich teenager. Don't your parents take care of the boat dock fees? Right? They need some excuse to get there. Yes. That's just... it's. But, it, yeah. but it's so clunky because he was literally like, hey, let's take out the boat. Every, every scene is extreme. <laughs> Any motivation anyone has to do anything in this show is so poorly contrived. <laughs> the, the idea that he's selling this boat that he most clearly did not purchase himself with his yeah. own funds yeah. because he's never had a job, correct? Yeah, no, of course not. No, like, no absolutely not. No. I... I find that hilarious. Unless you count writing comments on early web forum pages a job, because I'm pretty sure that's what he did. <laughs> Just like before Ryan. Um, it is, I'm torn on the actual gesture of selling the boat, because another thing that we like to ding, have liked to ding Seth on for low these 26 episodes of Seth is he is entirely entirely self-involved and self-motivated sure. and this is a very selfless decision to sell your fucking boat and give the money to a pregnant teenager yes it except, feels out of character Go. except for the fact um, that like they're from this very well off family and uh, I feel like they could easily write a check for $6,000 <laughs> Or yes. ten, or fifty, or six hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and not feel it. That's the other thing that I find 
Oh God, it's just so painful to watch every single time. So Ryan is the key example of this, right? Um, he is uh, a kid from the wrong side of the tracks. Um, his his older brother stole a car, and that's the reason that he was put on the docket in front of Sandy in the first place. Okay? Also, he smoked exactly one cigarette. Yes. So that's not why he was in jail, though. That's not <laughs> smoking. That's not illegal. But anyway, um, so like this kid has nothing, right? His family literally abandons him. They, he, when he goes home, the home is empty. They have moved out from under him. He has been <laughs> abandoned, right? He has nothing. And, and pri- continu- sorry, yes. Yeah, so- prior, sorry, to that um, revelation, doesn't he get like his ass kicked by his stepdad or mom's boyfriend? It or hardly something? matters. The point I'm making is he has nothing, right? Yeah, sure. Nothing. He has the shirt on his back and the tiny funny wrist cuff on his <laughs> wrist and the puka shells on his neck. And that's it. And his frosted tips or whatever, right? That's all he has. And Good luck fucking, maintaining those without a job. Constantly. You know, Kirsten was like, you know, I bought you some clothes. And he's like, oh, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> the fucking... The work ethic on these children who have nothing and the fact that they refuse quote unquote handouts at every turn, it's just fucking constant. Um, Like, it doesn't fucking matter what it is. Like, finally, the character of Ryan has come around to the idea that these parents, these people are his guardians now. Right. And they will support him. Um, it took a long fucking time for him to come around on that. For and him there to be was, like, I can buy my own groceries. With what fucking money, you pots? No, you fucking can't. Let them be your parents. There were some anyway. really well-executed emotional beats surrounding that, him finding that yeah, they're Allowing his himself to yeah. be supported. They but did like, a good job. Oh, good fucking God. It just, it's so aggravating when she's like, I can't let you do, I can't let you do that. Honey, they're millionaires. Yeah, it's like you said, they could give you $100,000. They wouldn't know it was gone. (laughs) Okay. They'd have no material change to their daily lives. Do you know what? At all. Honey, just leave the baby on the front doorstep. (laughs) Like fucking literally, it will live a better life in these people's garbage than it will in your fucking house and then maybe we wouldn't have gotten four seasons because everybody knows that if you introduce a baby into a plot mm. that that plot is that that's the death show knell is not for that fucking for plot but okay do you know what this is this is an idealized version of poverty this is um every poor person is super humble and super grateful and does not want any of your handouts. I don't okay. want a handout. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want your charity. They want to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. You're homeless, you <laughs> right? fuck. You're a homeless teenager. Jesus Christ. You're a, you're a fucking homeless pregnant teenager <laughs> with an abusive boyfriend and an extremely Catholic mother than you like Jesus fucking Christ yeah yeah it's like the perfect minority or the perfect like impoverished person I do I, I, I said this before and I'm being a white lady I do want to tread really carefully on this reading of it but I do think part of Teresa's character reading is because she is Hispanic mm-hmm. like 
Oh, it makes sense for them to get married at 17 because, Oof. yeah. Yikes. She would never accept their money because those people are such hard workers. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I want to back up for a second. Your impression of Ryan was dead on. <laughs> um, and, and throughout the episode... He's been um, owning this. He is... Uh, more or less the star of the show, correct? Yes. He is uh, what you would describe as the main character. He's the Bambi. He, um, if we brought up the script for the show, he says approximately two words the entire thing. <laughs> and the rest is like grunts or mumbles. And it's, so oh, the, I was confused. The eye flicking also. He's really good yes. at just kind of flicking. flicking his eyes back and forth and like blinking. <laughs> Just like, most of his emoting with his blinking. Granted, I haven't seen the entire season, but everybody's bending over backwards to keep this guy around, and the most he can muster is. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy? Really? This guy? <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. Jesus, I never even thought about it. He's such a non-entity. Like, he's no character to him at all. He played soccer once. <laughs> he played soccer yeah. in the one episode that soccer existed wow. and then ceased to exist for the rest of the show because he it likes, wasn't convenient to the plot. He likes Journey. Does he, though? <laughs> he said he likes like, Journey. Because he lives in the pool house or whatever, yeah. right? Um, there are no posters like in Seth's room. It, it doesn't look like anybody lives there. <laughs> Like he's packing up this suitcase of what? Like And there's like wrist a cuffs. swan painting or like pillow or something <laughs> on the wall and you're like, Yes, teenage boy decorated. No, you're totally yes. right. Like he has literally no character to him. Is that why people liked him? Because they could sort of project <sighs> their own emotions and what do you okay, do you have oh, a theory? Why I, I just I was that like uh, from a woman's perspective, is that like, ooh, he's mysterious, ooh, he's sexy. Uh-huh. I think also all these people talk so much that they're just entertained by someone who doesn't talk a lot. <laughs> and he's, 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 he is... He's like a horse. Pretty to look at. <laughs> Strong. You give him an apple. It's, That's why they just want to keep him around, like... Pretty boy. Yeah. Ooh, boy, you have an apple. Well, okay, we've actually made this criticism in early episodes where it really seemed like Seth didn't want so much to have Ryan around for a friend, but so he could have a pet, like a cool pet that would get him... Into like, parties. Yeah, that would get him into parties. That's just basically it. Yeah. And they kind of come full circle on that a yeah. little bit when everyone is yelling at each other about what he means to them or whatever. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. You can keep going. I'm not cutting these out. Yeah. <laughs> good. Very good. Going out on a high note for the season. Great. Okay. Um. This. Okay. So Seth is like, we should go take out the boat for a spin, right. old chap. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and then he is dealing with the. Th- possibility of Ryan being a dad or something like that. He's basically monologuing and turning everything into a Seth problem. Yeah, because all all I remember Ryan saying in that whole thing is mm. <laughs> 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 And Seth's like, good talk, next scene. <laughs> 
Okay. Which is then I think that's yeah. when we go to Kirsten and Teresa. Yeah. We shift to um and this was the first time that you asked, what does she do about Teresa? You like what yeah. is her job? Like Bakery? <laughs> Last time it was bakery. She's getting ready for her job. It's for her shift, Steve. For her shift. She's getting ready for her shift mm-hmm. at job. At job. Oh, okay. Sure. That's where she's going. Also, I think it's pretty clear Adult the writers pregnant. of this show do not know how job works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Very they all clear. got internships at this at this studio and then they all just became writers but like yeah, I don't think they've held like a job before no. no I don't think they know how they operate they're all like nieces and nephews of whoever was the head of WB <laughs> in 2004 <laughs> dad can I have a show please oh Okay, going back to the white lady syndrome yeah. of her, like, uh, Teresa's like, nah, I got it. I'm just going to go to the doctor myself. It's totally fine. And Kirsten is having none of it. Like, yeah. no, I'm interjecting myself into your life. So uh, suck it up. Like, I'm going with you. Like, no, I'm, I'm okay. I could really take care of this. Nope. Mm-mm. If we were to read this really generously, um, when you get an abortion, you're really not in a state to kind of drive yourself around. Sure, but at this point, she wasn't. I, I yeah, the, it was just her first check. But yeah. she, had, yeah. she had also offered to drive her to the procedure, and I think they mentioned the literal Planned Parenthood in this, which is very they did, interesting. Yeah. yeah, but I, I, so I think this was before the oh, yeah, yeah. beach uh, restaurant. Yes. Um, where Kirsten drops the bomb. <gasps> <gasps> She has once had an abortion, uh-huh. you guys. Now, again, I love how the way she has to convey that right. is she's like, I know what it's like or whatever. And then you have to cut to Teresa going, what does that mean? And then the only way that Kirsten <laughs> corroborates it is by sort of looking down and kind of half closing her eyes. Right. And that's the big reveal. Uh-huh. She sort of looks down a little bit. And it's supposed to be some big, but it's like, did she didn't she didn't say anything? Like right. it's just ugh. this would have absolutely gone over my head if I was watching this and I was like fifteen or something. I think that's the point. Yeah, yeah. I think a thousand percent that's the point. Yeah, all the fawning teens that are probably making up their core demographic at this point are tuned out because Ryan's not on screen going (laughs) (laughs) right yeah or doing pull-ups or whatever the fuck he was doing in the earlier episodes oh no in an early episode they had him doing pull-ups in the juvie prison yard oh (laughs) jeez I was gonna say at one point I don't know I think he's getting ready for the wedding or something he's got like a tank top on I'm like he's kind of got nice guns oh yeah Oh, yeah, they have to try and hide those things because, again, he's like a 42-year-old man. (laughs) See the makeup over all of his tattoos or whatever? Uh. Anyway. Okay, so, yes. Um, She offers to drive her just to the initial, like, consultation. Yeah, again, I think offer is the wrong word. Strong arms. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. She does the thing where, <laughs> like, <laughs> she like reaches out an arm, and it, you know, like it looks like she's just stroking Teresa's arm, and Teresa's like, "You're hurting me." <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you, sweetheart. Oh, I I don't know if we're jumping around. The scene where Grandpa shows uh, um, 
uh, what Marissa's mom. I'm guessing that's Marissa's mom is the new bride. The yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Julie Cooper, yeah. For whatever reason, they're now getting married. When he uh, uh, broke, as he is, uh, shows her, her their new dream home, uh-huh. uh, which is great. Just the sheer fact that uh, he has apparently no money, but buys this. <laughs> The, the biggest castle I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, Steve, the real estate sector of right. the Newport Group is the only one that's doing well. Right. Yes. That means free house. Free house. Free house. I mean, they're realists. That's what yeah, that means. Realtors, so. That's how real estate works. Free house. I, I do love that he bought her love. I mean, just wholeheartedly. Always stand Julia Cooper mostly. Oh, yeah. In um, literally the episode prior to this one, the one wherein they get married, she was a thousand percent down to fuck a male stripper that was at her. She was like awesome. about to get in a car with him Great. and just ride him like a pony. Sweet. Julie is out for Julie and we love it. Yeah. <laughs> She's never been anything else. She's probably one of the most consistent characters in the entire fucking show. Yes. Because I, there oh. is only two things she cares about and they're both Julie. <laughs> And, and maybe money. Julie, not in as much as it serves Julie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, oh, fair enough. Okay. That's it. As long as uh, it can make her comfortable. I, I I know we're jumping around, but okay. The the scene where uh, Marissa is moving back now uh-huh. in with in, in the new empty dream house uh, with uh, Julie. Julie. Yep. Julie uh, and Caleb. Um, is great. The shade that uh, Marissa throws towards her, you know, and Julie's like, I thought you wanted to live with me. And she's all like, that's what you wanted. I'm going to get something from the car. (laughs) It's great. She, um, off camera knowledge or off this episode knowledge is she is essentially being blackmailed into living with her mother by Caleb. Which, can I say this again? Okay, I'm going to tell you what the conceit of this blackmail is and then I'm going to again rail against it a little bit because now he has given up all of his cards that he could have used to blackmail her to live with him. Uh Yeah. So it was this. um, Jimmy Cooper, her dad, um, at one point almost went to prison because he had embezzled millions of dollars yeah. from his clients. You heard about that one? That was earlier on, yes. Okay. So um, so he's basically destitute. The only thing he had to look forward to was opening this restaurant with Sandy, okay? Yeah. And it was going to be something that he had to his name, and it was going to be hopefully a way for him to get back on his feet, okay? So they couldn't get their liquor license because at the time... Um, Caleb lied to them and said that it was because the liquor board, the head of the liquor board was one of the clients that was burned by Jimmy. And so he was had a, a vendetta against him and wouldn't give the lighthouse its liquor license. OK, so Caleb offers to buy the lighthouse at a loss, looking like a nice guy. Right. <clears throat> uh, and he he used that to blackmail Marissa, saying your dad is a nobody in this town. If I don't buy the lighthouse, he will be completely destitute and he'll have no he'll have no options going forward, right? And your dad will just be a laughing stock in this community, right? That was the only bargaining chip he had was I might not buy the lighthouse. If I don't buy the lighthouse, he won't have any money and he okay. won't be able to keep his apartment and he won't be able to be a dad to you. But here's the thing. He bought the lighthouse. Jimmy's a millionaire now. 
because he bought it for $2.5 million. Jimmy has $1.25 million now just in his bank account. But so also if you Caleb has no bargaining chips anymore. Marissa could be like, oh, cool. So you bought the lighthouse. I'm staying with my dad. Fuck you. Bye. Literally. And when they, they try to address this in this episode. Um, huh. Because uh, she's like, I have to do this. And Jimmy's like, I would rather give back the money than have you live. But it's like, you wouldn't have to. She could just live with you. Yeah. It's not like if she stays with you. Oh, I have to give back the money. Like, no, it's your fucking money. Like, he doesn't. It's like it doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Again, one of the things the writers of the show do not know how it operates is money <laughs> or property or anything at all. It's almost like they needed a plot contrivance for season two. It's almost like that. Anyway, does that make sense? That it doesn't make any sense at all? Yes. Why she has to move in with... Very much so. And then, okay, the the other scene then at the reception party or something. Rehearsal dinner, I think. Rehearsal, Rehearsal dinner. That's what yeah. it was. That's what it was. Um, where Marissa interacts with her mom and her mom goes up like, hey, kids, how's it going? And Marissa's just like cold shouldering and like... Wouldn't you fucking like to know, bitch? He's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. That was great. I love that. Just wanted to put that out there. It was pretty delightful. Like, so the reason, I'm pretty sure canonically at least, the reason that Julie continues to want to have Marissa in her life is because social standing and outward appearances mean the most to okay. Julie. And uh, Marissa's very pretty. And Marissa's in all of the... She was like the club president for every single fucking club and cotillion and all this shit. And so... But here's the thing is that also doesn't hold water anymore. Because Marissa is no longer this beaming character in the eyes of society either because she had a drinking problem. Almost killed herself in Tijuana. Um, had to go to therapy, which this show does not think is a good thing. This show is like, oh, you had to go to therapy? That's a major character weakness. Damaged goods. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all these things. Like, so Marissa is not even, Marissa is a tarnished, like, person in the eyes of, so it literally makes no sense for Julie Cooper to want to have anything do, anything to do with her daughter anymore, who outwardly and visibly hates her wants nothing to do with her because again she fucked her ex-boyfriend multiple times behind her back like the the contrivances are they don't even make sense within the own internal logic of this show anymore but it does in the larger sense of in 2003-2004 there was no alternative to your birth family there were no you know cozy shows about people finding their found family or whatever. No, but so Jimmy! The only she option. just live with but, Jimmy! He's also her dad! And she likes him! Yeah. And now he's a millionaire! Like, but, it's not even a thing where it's like his sad bachelor pad of sad! In the, in the <laughs> fucking prior, in the episode prior to this one, he's looking at this huge house he's gonna buy. But he still doesn't have a job, and 1.2 million is maybe going to get to half of that house, but uh, even in 2003 money, that's all I'm saying. He's still poor. <laughs> he's still poor. He is! For he's Newport, Newport standards. Yes. He's Newport, Newport poor. Okay. Yeah. With his one point two five million, oh Audrey one point two five million dollars. I mean, truly, have a million dollars in Southern California and have no source of income to add to that. Sure. How long are you going to have it? 
Not long, bitch. All right. All right. Oh, real quick. Jimmy is dating Kirsten's sister? Yes. Haley. Correct. How did you glean that? It was in the dialogue mm-hmm. somewhere. Okay. Okay. I, I yeah, think that's Grandpa also gross because he used to babysit remark. for her. Yeah, that's how he knows them. Yeah. Yes, yes. It was a line of dialogue from Julie. You're just mm. dating Haley because you can't date Kirsten. Uh, right, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you still have the hots for Kirsten or whatever. Okay, what scene are we in? We are on. Oh, um, kind of skipped all over. That doesn't matter. It's fine. This is gold. So- <laughs> These Belgians will eat it up. Like waffles. So there's a brief scene where uh, Ryan and Marissa are talking about how they're going to have a normal summer now because there's going to be no baby. And Marissa's like, it's going to be great. We're going to go to the mall or something for the summer. And then uh, this is where Caleb blindfolds Julie. And I said out loud, ew. Because she was like, ooh, Caleb, we should keep this blindfold. Whatever, I like it. I thought he was going to murder her. He <laughs> was like, this is the season finale. Like, I don't know what's going on, but we're going to see a murder. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. It becomes that kind of show in the season finale of season one. Right. Oh my God, right. Little do we know he's taken out a life insurance policy on her. And so like to get his money, he needs to fucking kill her. <laughs> That would be baller as hell. Sadly, that's not what happened. Um, We gloss over a scene of Seth and Ryan talking about how they want to sail to Catalina with their respective ladies. Well, that was the, yeah, where he shows them Summer Breeze and right, and he needed to remind us for the for the end of the episodes, we could all remember that he wanted to initially sail to Tahiti. Um, so now Kirsten and Teresa are having dinner somewhere, possibly the country club, possibly the lobster shack. It is unclear. There's two restaurants in Newport. <laughs> There's the lobster shack and the supper club, and that's it. There would have been a third. R.I.P. Lighthouse. I wonder if I Donnie still works at the at the the crab shack. <laughs> I haven't seen him around. No, he probably also went on to six feet under. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Teresa says during this dinner that she is making the decision that makes the most sense, and this is where we get the eye acting that leads us to believe that Kirsten also once had an abortion. Yeah, that's here and regretted it for some reason, even uh-huh. though like her life is fucking stellar now. Like that's the thing that drives me a little up the wall. Is like, okay, yes, Caleb Nickel, her dad, has always come from money. And she's always had the most money of the two of them in their relationship, she and Sandy, right? Yep. So she comes from money. Okay. But like... And the only thing we know about her mom is that she's dead. Yes. So like, in what world, if I'm putting myself in the position of Kirsten, and again, trying to maintain some ridiculous, impossible level of character consistency, which this show doesn't give a fuck about, right? I'm looking at my admittedly incredible life where, okay, yeah, there's been a lot of interpersonal drama lately, but like, so what? You live in a gorgeous part of the world. You have want for nothing. You're married to this dreamboat who probably has the fattest hog the size of a goddamn baby's head, right? I thought you were talking about me for a second. Uh, Maybe I am, baby. (laughs) 
So my hog is very fat. Um, keep so, going. Right. Like, yes. Okay. Things have been a little dramatic, but like your sister is back in your life. Something you've always wanted. Um, you've got this cool kid, you know, that even though you were a little against it in the beginning, you're glad that he's entered your life. And, you know, your family is sort of growing in a neat way that you couldn't have foreseen before. Like, mm-hmm. in what world do you look back and think, ah, you know, being a teen mom would have made this even better? Like, in what fucking world do you go, I wish I would have kept it? No, you fucking don't. Are you shitting me? Fuck you! Sandy would never have fucking kept you if you were a fucking teenage mom, you piece of shit! Fuck you! Your life would have sucked! Your abortion saved your fucking life! Sandy would have probably gone for her. Do we think it was Sandy's? I don't think so. I think this is probably when she belonged before she met Sandy. Didn't they meet in college or something like that? Something like that. In the show? Jimmy's? Did she date Jimmy? (gasps) Oh! Holy shit, it would have been Jimmy's. Oh. That is fascinating because <laughs> Julie Cooper is canonically a teenage mother. Oh, she's what? the reason. No, yeah. she had yeah. Marissa very young with Jimmy, and that's why they got married. That is she's hilarious. like 35 in the show. I know she looks like she's the only actress that I would say, Yeah, she could play the mom, <laughs> <laughs> and is not the same age as the kids. That is so, hilarious. So, 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 when, when they in- inevitably do the ill conceived reboot of this show, it's the story. Of Julie getting pregnant and Kirsten getting an abortion. Both from the same dude. <laughs> he fucked him in the same week. Oh my God. <laughs> he got them both knocked up and one had the good sense to fucking kill it. And the other one was like, well, I guess this will trap me a husband. Okay. I I don't know if it's the next scene, but how um, Kirsten continues with the mope like, I forgot I had that abortion. Oh, rump. <laughs> They're 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 in the ki- they're in the kitchen and she's all being like, oh, if only I had that kid, you know. And Sandy comes in and he's like, oh, I love BJ's. BJ's are great. He's like, oh hey baby, is it BJ time? And she's like, I'm sad. And he's like, sad, but why? And she's like, I can't tell you. Like, what the fuck scene was that about? That what? Um. Technically, <laughs> technically, the next scene is Teresa packing up all her clothes and saying, "I'm going home and having the baby." Right to Ryan, but Which yes, Ryan responds. <sighs> <laughs> Wait, wasn't there also a scene where Sandy Sandy's like angry because he's like, "Ah, you told that's that a, girl." That's the very next to- scene. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Sandy right. is pro-choice. Ah, you, you, well, you bullied that girl into having this baby. What, what, you, you stuck your nose where it didn't belong. <laughs> was and great. now she wants to keep it. I just, she just hadn't made up all her decisions yet. And there's also a. Um, fuck you. It seemed like she had pretty much yeah. made her goddamn decision, bitch. It just wasn't the decision you wanted her to make. Yeah. And there's a key piece of dialogue here. Sandy goes, I don't think you have any idea what Ryan is going through. Sorry, hang on. He goes, he, he goes, what? I don't think you have any idea. Oh, sorry. 
what Ryan is going through. Come on. It's the 27th episode. Give it, give it. Come on. I don't think you have any idea what Ryan's going through. Yes! Put your eyebrows into it. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Fuck you. Um, Kirsten says, no, but I have an idea of what Teresa is going through. <gasps> Shocker. I love how Sandy's like, what does that mean? And she's like, nothing. Then and then he doesn't like, like to fucking know. I love, I love how the lawyer doesn't litigate that even for a second <laughs> afterwards. Oh, I guess women are just mysterious. Wop, wop, wop. Oh my God. And I also love how he starts this scene angry and then she deflects to like, well, if you talk to my dad at all, I'm blah, blah, cilantro. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, we should definitely do the Like, no, don't let her off the hook that easy. She just dropped this thing that was like, I know what Teresa's going through in a very leading way. And he's like, oh, I guess I won't follow that up with any right, questions. Yeah. <laughs> Not like that was my whole fucking job for years or anything like that. So the person writing this recap is on the same page as you. They say the implication that his wife had an abortion is new to Sandy, which leads me to believe that the other half of the equation was Jimmy. Cooper. I don't expect this to ever go anywhere, though. Sandy's a lawyer by trade, so it's kind of his job to never be thrown off by anything anyone ever says. But this comment from his wife derails him. Yeah. Yep. This is obvious to literally everyone who has seen this show, then. No. Sure is. Okay, now we are at the scene where Marissa brings her one box from her cubicle into the new house. Oh my god. The, the idea that this rich teenage girl has yeah, one paper box full of trinkets or I also clothes. love how everyone is just... Did you guys also clock this? How they're just throwing the boxes everywhere? Yeah. They're just like heaving them on the ground like, um, there might be something fragile in there, guys, but it's like... Pfft. It's like right. the opening scene of fucking oh Ace Ventura. They're just like tossing them on the ground. I, I every also, time, I'm sorry, a character storms <laughs> into this scene. Every time a character walks into scene because they're confronting Caleb Nickel. Oh no, Julie. They're confronting Julie. And Julie's being a cunt. And they walk in <laughs> and they're like, fuck you, Julie. And throw the box on the ground. And every fucking one of them does it. <laughs> what were you going to say? I, I just love that these people are incredibly wealthy. And uh, this girl, this teenage girl has just four things that all fit into the trunk of her dad's tiny car. And this is what they're using to move her. What you hilarious. What you are not aware of, having not consumed all 27 episodes of this first season, is Marissa is not like other girls. Clearly. I mean. she, she likes punk rock. <gasps> Ooh. Uh-huh. Oh, you would never know it looking at all her fucking low-rise tracksuits, though. Excuse. <laughs> and off-the-shoulder shrugs or whatever the Excuse. fuck. Excuse. I own at least one off-the-shoulder shrug, and I like lots of things. You cannot tell what I look like by looking at me. Bitch, you are... Reader, she is dressed in all black... <laughs> Like the goth that she is. Don't you lie to me. I am not. I sleep in a bed with you at night. <laughs> I know how things are. I know. I know. I know how things are. But the point is, this makes sense for Marissa's character because she's probably like, I don't. I just need the one pair of jeans. It's fine. <laughs> 
other girls might like to okay. go to the mall and dress up. When I go to the mall, I shoplift. No, here's the thing. She. Oh, that's true. She did shoplift yeah. in Ooh. an episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but here's the other thing is we have never seen her in the same outfit twice. So uh-huh. if she's not literally going to the consignment store every day to to sell her clothes <laughs> one after the other so that she literally never wears the same thing twice, this bitch has some fucking clothes. This is, again, putting too much thought into an aspect that does not deserve it at all. It's just very funny. I, I also love the idea that this enormous castle is completely empty. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's no movers, nothing. There's- <laughs> yeah. This is how they stay rich. They don't hire people. For- <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have to hire extras. Yeah. For the first season of the oh, show. Oh, too. <laughs> and they'd have to have some kind of, like, contractual They spent all their extra budget in the Las Vegas episode, is my guess. Yeah, yeah. But the boxes that the extras would have thrown around, when they would be empty. So they wouldn't actually have to have, like, a weightlifting limit in the contract, which is what I was thinking. Okay, all right. Next thing. Um, this is also where we find out, as you mentioned before, that this is not Marissa's choice to live with Julie Cooper and Caleb Nichol. Um, and we kind of pan out on that, and Julie does the soap opera look to the camera or whatever. <laughs> and now we're at Summer and Seth are at the dock. And this is where Summer is remarking what a wild coincidence it is that his boat is named the Summer Breeze. Oof. Red flag, lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's exactly what we said. When he you are so named on the same page with us. this boat, he had never spoken to Summer. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Yeah, no, he's a massive loser. This is extremely important to know. Yikes. I also love her dialogue in this scene. It's so <laughs> it's so poorly written. It's, I don't know. It's just like what? She's like, oh, wow. Your boat's name is Summer. And like my name is Summer. <laughs> oh, my God. And your okay. boat's name is Summer. And That's crazy. So is mine. That's cray. That's cray cray. Her whole character through this whole episode, I wasn't sure was the same person you guys had described in the first few episodes of the season, where she seems like a strong, capable woman who is very opinionated and knows what she wants. But now once she has slept with Seth, she just, her brain has left her body. And She's got dumb cum. <laughs> it just makes her real stupid. <laughs> it's infected her. <laughs> The teen penis game is strong. Oh yeah, that's God. the other unbelievable thing is they apparently have like a good sex life. Yeah. Um. No. no. Sorry. Um, nope. No. That's someone These two as teenagers. selfish. Someone as selfish and self-absorbed as Seth does not give a fuck about another person's orgasm. No. 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 He just jackhammers away until he finishes and falls asleep on top of her like a fucking corpse. Uh-huh. That is how that goes down. Oh. And then she is uh, led to believe that that's what sex is. 
and then does not have her first penetrative orgasm until age 35. When she dates Bill Hader. When she dates Bill Hader. (laughs) And here we are. Better late than never, I guess. So this scene really just exists so the viewer can establish that he is selling the summer breeze for $6,000 and he's going to give the money to Teresa and also to let us know that Ryan has not told Marissa specifically about the baby yet. Also, I love how convoluted it is. He needs to sell this boat for cash so that he can give it to her. I am positive that he has at least that in his bank account somewhere or under his pillow or... Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. The only Mm -hmm. reason he doesn't, the only Mm -hmm. reason he doesn't is because in the Vegas they they gambled it away. Yes, he gambled his... uh, His bar bar mitzvah mitzvah money. Yes, which is what he had. And also think about it, like, at least in this, this is one piece of consistency. I don't think Seth Cohen would need to have walking around money. I don't think, I think he just gets whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. They have, even though the Range Rover has been totaled twice, really giving him the Range Rover (laughs) to take out to places. Why didn't he sell the Range Rover? (laughs) Just give him another one. (laughs) Just give him another one. So now it's time for the rehearsal dinner. And everyone is at the rehearsal dinner. And I think Sandy Corners, uh, Caleb in the kitchen before the rehearsal dinner. I don't, I'm committed to saying this as much as Seth said pudding, apparently. (laughs) Rehearsal dinner. Rehearsal dinner. Yes. Um, Sandy basically tells Caleb that he's boned. And there's no way out of the current situation with the DA. And now he is poor. And that doesn't go over great. I still don't understand how that works. No, that what makes no sense. <laughs> what does that mean? Does it mean what he's going mean? to jail? Because- Here's the thing. Like, Caleb is a billionaire. Is that right? In the show? Or is he just a multimillionaire? I don't think that we give it specific financial parameters. But... He's he's referred to as the richest man in Newport. He's got the money. Okay. He's the he's richest, the richest He's man. the richest yeah. man in Newport. Wow. He sort of owns Newport is yes. kind of how he's described. Here's the thing. Very, very wealthy people do not face repercussions for anything. Yep. So if the DA is looking at Caleb... That means literally nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we're being, whatever, it's television, so it's fantasy. So, okay, in this world, if the DA is looking at Caleb, then somehow they're going to what? Seize all of his funds and do what? Give it to the poor? Like, what <laughs> happens in this world? Anyway. Um. Uh, the, yes. So then we go to Ryan is hiding in the pool house throughout this rehearsal dinner. And this is where Marissa finds him and he tells her that Teresa's going to have the baby and she's going back home and she's not getting back together with Eddie, which is, I guess, a small mercy, I guess. But so that's what happens in that scene. And now we are at the rehearsal dinner, the sitting down to the dinner. And this is when Caleb gives a very heartfelt and believable speech about all of the families merging or something. And then all of the teenagers en masse basically leave and go to the beach. Oh, it's it's Ryan. You know, he he gets up and he leaves. And then he's like, and then Marissa (laughs) comes and goes, 
babe, what's wrong? Why'd you get away? He's like, air, so I'm inside. For some reason, yeah. And then the other teens go. Let's get out of here. And then they like crash cut to the beach. But I did want to talk really quickly about Caleb's speech because I can't remember what episode you and I discovered that the actor that portrays Caleb is Australian. New um, Zealand. Sorry. God damn it. I keep Kiwi. so sorry. Um, did you guys listening to him? Do you hear any of it at all? Not at all. No. His American accent is so fucking good. It's really good. And that actor to me is just a really good actor. Like I like the way he speaks. His diction is really good. I don't know. Caleb Nickel. You also think he's daddy. Team Caleb. Yep. It's fine. Team Caleb. You can be Team Caleb. Okay. So we smash cut to the beach and the kids are feeling nostalgic and Marissa's like, oh my gosh, Ryan, this is the beach where not to, no, Seth is like, this is the beach where not too long ago uh, you were kicking Luke's ass or Luke was punching you in the face and saying, welcome to the OC bitch. Yep. Which is the name of the podcast that. Um, Rachel Bilson and the actress who plays Julie do did they recapped throughout the pandemic they recapped um, all of the episodes which is kind of what made us think that there was going to be a reboot but so far not so much so far nothing on the radar otherwise we would have called this welcome to the OC bitch Uh yes but it was Emily who had the great idea of calling it orange you glad we watched the OC Yes. It's a great title. And that's why it's taken off as much as it has in Belgium. <laughs> um, I assume there's a little bit of improvising here because Seth eats the sand while they're walking. He's like, oh, oh it tastes the same. Oh, God, this kid. <laughs> um, and the other actors are like, why would he do that? <laughs> Just say your next line. And then they're talking about, okay, this is something that the recap reference material is pointing out. They make a good point. There was a party after or before the ass kicking. I am not sure which one. And both of the girlies did not know that either Ryan or Seth was at the party. However, if you recall, let's, let's go in the way, way back machine. Is that from Wayne's World? Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay, good. Very good. Um, if you recall, Summer was like grabbing Marissa's arm and going, Who's that? He's hot. I'm going to bone him. Is he from Chino? Wait, never mind. Ew. Oh, that's right. Oh, my right? God. That's right. Well, but also, I think it's pretty fair to say that all these characters have shitty memories. And you know what? So do the writers of this fucking show. Uh, and it was Very short memories. And it was also established, again, if we're going to give them a little bit of narrative grace, it was established that Summer drank a lot. She was very drunk. At those parties. Yes. And so did Marissa. So, anyway. Um, Ryan announced, this is where Ryan announces to the group that he has to go back to Chino. And there are many meaningful glances exchanged among the foursome. And Marissa is doing the thing where she's wearing Ryan's coat because she's cold. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is a nice little touch, I think, for the wardrobe department. The wardrobe? Warbid drobe. It is getting late. We're going to forge ahead. 
Okay, the next morning. We're in dark waters here, everyone. We are 20 minutes past our bedtime, which means we are an hour and a half past Steve's bedtime. (laughs) So, okay. Um, There are a lot of meaningful glances exchanged. There's obviously a commercial break. We come back and Seth is down at the dock trying to get money for his stupid boat. And the buyer does not have cash. Yes, Steve. I, we, I'm just, I'm excited. We are coming up to my favorite scene of the whole episode. And I <laughs> cannot wait to get there. And he, Seth is stricken and keeps yelling, you said it was a done deal, man. I need oh, cash God. on the barrelhead, man. And the other guy who was going to be selling the boat for Seth, his response is fantastic of just like, just basically shrugging on, oh, what can you do? And it walks off. It's a great exchange. Just really Emmy-winning material. I thought, okay, who is... His brother is named Owen. He was... Luke Wilson. I thought that was like a young Luke Wilson. But I was like, no, his facial features are too... Uh, settled. Too good looking. Too good looking. <laughs> Take that. You broken nose fuck. You burnt. No, Owen Wilson is the broken Damn. nose. Luke Wilson is just. Uh, what happened to that guy's <laughs> nose that it's so fucked up? I think it was football. Yeah. I think that's the story okay. I heard. Okay. Could be wrong. Texas football is no joke. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. That's pretty good. Yeah, man. <laughs> also. I was in Wedding Crashers. Is that good? (laughs) Stick with your Ryan, dude. (laughs) Okay. Now we come to. Well, what is it, Steve? What happens next? My favorite scene. So, um, (laughs) the ladies are uh, sitting for some reason in I don't know the crab shack or the uh, the lobster McGee whatever whatever, the restaurant. They're in the restaurant. Yep. And in comes uh, Seth, being all sulky. And they're like, hey, Seth, what's going on? And he's like, I couldn't sell the boat. And, and then he fucking goes off on Marissa. He's like, it's your fault for being a woman or whatever. <laughs> you have the, the vagina. And they're like, forgiving of this behavior. He also suggests that they all get jobs and pool right. their money to give to Ryan to support the baby. Like, if he, if they said word one to Kirsten and Sandy, they'd be like, no, you live in the pool house now. We're grandparents. Fucking A. <laughs> this, none of this is necessary and he should know it. So, in this scene, Steve... What is your Sethometer number? Negative a million? What was the... It's from negative 10 to positive 10, with zero being totally neutral. Negative a million. Wow! I want to punch him in his face. I I am disappointed that the ladies do not punch him in his face. (laughs) He deserves a punch in the face. Has he ever been punched in this season so far? I don't think Seth has ever been punched. He had sand kicked in his face, but not punched. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't no. think anyone would bother. No. He's not worth it. You could hurt your hand on his pointy <laughs> face. He also says it's specifically Marissa's fault for dragging Ryan into, quote, your messed up life, end yeah. quote, and then leaves the scene. Yeah, what is his final word is something like, oh, perhaps he's leaving. It's like, dude, no one is. You're having this little fucking conversation because no one is happy he's leaving. (laughs) Despite the fact, again, he has basically no redeeming qualities whatsoever (laughs) other than being hot. He, 
we've talked and about punching real good. <laughs> he punches real good, and he tells the truth. He's like the moral compass, I suppose. Yeah, he's like the hot mo- moral compass. Hot moral compass. It's like if you took a moral oh. compass and you put it in a wristband and a wife beater. So now we're at, back at the pool house, and it's wedding day. I think there's a bell or something to symbolize that a wedding is going to happen. And Ryan's laying out his clothes and Sandy walks in and is like, I could make you stay, but I'm not going to. I'm your guardian. I'm your guardian. And as your guardian, I could make you stay. (laughs) And then he says the best line, which is, oh, what does he say exactly? Um, Oh, it's something. Ryan or Sandy? Sandy. He he says it. It's, um... Oh, it's something like, you're going to be gone, but I'll never forget you. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, it? Fuck. Oh, fuck. What is it? Oh, it is a good line. It's, it's so ambiguous it's and so stupid. Cheesy and it's hell. so schmaltzy. Um, it's something along those it's lines. Like, it's like, you'll like always be in my leave, heart. Uh, something like, just because you're leaving doesn't mean you'll be gone or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It, was, oh, it simultaneously God. means uh, the opposite of what it's yeah. trying to say. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. that's when you started weeping openly. <laughs> yes. 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 Tears that's when we had to cheek. console. We had to pause it and yeah. console you mm-hmm. where you were just <laughs> racked with sobs. <laughs> oh, he is his daddy after all. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Sandy tries one last time to convey that their house is open to both Ryan and Teresa. And we could afford to build another house. I mean, you could just live there. We, just, honestly. <laughs> and Ryan's like, no, I'm going to. You know, I couldn't let you do that. Doesn't he? Is that something he yeah. says? Yeah. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck do you mean? You've been living in their boathouse, you schmuck. Um. So now we're at the wedding after this heartfelt speech, and Julia's like smirking. What do we think about red bridesmaids' gowns? What do we think this signifies? Oh, yeah, that was weird. I think it's interesting that the matron of honor gets the strapless gown. Kirsten had the no, Mm. everyone else had the. She's nothing to hold up. Does anybody else? Caitlin, the fucking youngest one, has bigger tits than fucking okay. Kirsten has. I want to break down this wedding party. Okay. <laughs> so we've got, um, who, who's the bride? Ju- Julie? Julie? Julie Cooper. Julie's the bride. Uh, maid of honor is... Kirsten. Kirsten. Matron of honor. Sorry. Okay. It's what? Kirsten. Yep. Uh, then Kirsten's sister? Yeah. Was Haley up there? Yeah. Haley's in okay. There. Yeah. And then... Who also hates her Julie? Daughter? <laughs> um... Uh, Marissa. Marissa, Marissa, who also hates Julie. Yep. <laughs> and then Chris. And was it was it Caitlin at the very end? I feel like it was Caitlin, but canonically, but they there's another daughter. Oh, uh, that yeah, you never I know it. Didn't. Yeah, <laughs> she's in like really? two episodes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. I don't think so. We've had a Caitlin watch. <laughs> we have a count of the number of times no. Caitlin's been on the show or yeah. has been mentioned by name. Yeah. It's like five at this point. Yeah, it's a gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and. Yes, like the show is gaslighting us a little bit. Okay, so then the other side, the groom is Caleb. Yep. Yep. Best man is Sandy? <laughs> Who hates him? <laughs> and... <laughs> His grandson Seth uh-huh. and Ryan. 
for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Who Caleb hates. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> it didn't dawn on me at all. Because these are just the characters with names. Yeah. That's what I figured it was. Yeah. Like, why are they standing up in this wedding? <laughs> why did they get asked to stand up at this wedding? Oh, my God. So as much as you and I, Evan, consumers of this television program, are inclined to believe there is going to be some kind of fisticuffs at the wedding <laughs> or someone's going to get pushed into a tree or a pool, we completely montage over the wedding scene and go straight to the worst cover of Maybe I'm Amazed oh, God. that oh. I've ever heard. You physically cringed. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. You looked Jesus. in pain. Like someone had socked you in the gut. Oh, yeah. This hurt. Uh-huh. I'm really a little upset. And I know they had to cut it for time or they didn't even include it for time. But ah, just because we all know, everyone in this episode knows, except maybe Caleb, that Julie is marrying him for his money. Yeah. Like, and what, Sandy even sort of alluded to that, right? When he told Caleb, hey, I talked to the DA, you're fucked. You might want to tell Julie about your future financial situation. And Caleb says, what, because you think she's marrying me for my money? Like, Caleb is maybe a little deluding himself, right? Um, but everyone else knows that she's marrying him for his money. So I just thought it would have been a really, a really great scene for their vows, just even their vows would have been just a great opportunity for these lazy fucking writers to do anything interesting. But no, we montage it. So anyway. Yep. So now everyone is dancing in various couples on the dance floor. And Marissa goes over to Ryan, who is sitting and staring morosely at like a pebble or something. I don't know what he's holding. Um, and she's like, you should dance with me. And he's like, okay. And she says... She wishes he wasn't leaving, but she understands why he has to. And he sort of grunts at her again, <laughs> or eyes at her. And she says, I love you. So I don't really want to, I'm sorry. I just, this is a, a question I have for, for, the, for the room because this is, it's just dawned on me. You guys get this. Okay. <clears throat> Ryan thinks that he is going to back to be with Teresa so that he can something like in his own words, so he can be the dad that he didn't have. Right. Essentially. Right. Yep. Yeah. Now this might be a rhetorical question. I don't know. Obviously the writers of this show didn't care to ask themselves this question, but what kind of a dad does Ryan think he's going to be if he did not want this child, did not want to be with Teresa, aren't the odds pretty good he's going to turn out to be just like the dad that he had? Thoughts? Discussion? I think that when he says he wants to be the dad that he didn't have, he means just present in any form. <laughs> it... And also maybe not physically abusive. <laughs> it's a low fucking bar. Yeah, I'm just be there and don't kick the shit out of the kid. Yeah. So confused what his plan is. Yes. Yeah. Like, is he getting back together with Teresa? Are they getting a place together to co-parent this thing? What's the like, plan? He's so obviously miserable 
Yeah. What the fuck kind of a dad is he gonna be? Just a miserable shit? Yeah. Cool. Oh great. Yeah, do that to this okay. child that doesn't deserve that. Fuck he's, you. He's got nine months to acclimate to the idea, baby. <laughs> It'll be, he'll be neutral by the birth. I could just, right, let's let's follow this through to the second timeline, to the timeline that splits and he does go and he's the dad. And I'm sure that isn't going to fucking happen because that would this show would not do that no. in season two. But yeah. anyway, we'll pretend, right, there's a timeline of sliding doors where he goes and he becomes the dad, right? Uh, the kid goes to high school. The kid brings a friend back from, from high school and is like, this is my dad. He doesn't talk. <laughs> hey, Dad. <laughs> yeah, he used to be hot, I guess. I don't know. My parents don't like each other. Let's go to my room. <laughs> Shut up, kid. I'm playing Destiny Warriors. Oh, you were so close. It's De- Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors. Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. They play Dynasty Warriors on this show. <laughs> Destiny Warriors. Destiny Warriors. Okay, so yeah, Marissa says, I love you. And both of them look to be about in tears yeah. on the dance floor. And it's also very telling that Ryan does not say I love you back. Oh, yeah. Uh, and before we get to my second favorite scene of the entire <laughs> episode, I want to go back to Teresa. Um Earlier in the episode, you know, she is all gung home, like, I gotta get this baby out of me. I do not want this thing. This is unexpected. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's cut it out. Toss in the trash. Let's get going. I got things to do. And then she has one conversation with Kirsten, and then she's like, uh, that scene in her bedroom or wherever the hell she is. Yeah, I think it's the pool house. The pool yeah. house. Are they both living in the pool house? What the fuck? No, uh, he's sleeping on the ground in Seth's room and she's living in the pool house. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, they, they go to her and she's like, I just can't imagine my life without this thing. Like, <laughs> what? Since when? Yeah. For the last five minutes, you can't imagine? Because <laughs> it seemed like you had a pretty good imagination an hour ago. Yeah. Girlie, you are technically in the stage of your trimesters where it is not wise to announce that you're pregnant right. to people. You're because at clock, honey. Yeah. to tell you. I genuinely do not remember what happens with this pregnancy, but I would not be surprised if there was a miscarriage early in season two sure. and everyone's yeah, like, oh, whoopsie. Yep. Oh, look. Oh, 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 no. All of your obligations have fallen out of my <laughs> pussy. <laughs> oh, look. Oh, that's such a shame. Oh, look. We can convey the obvious emotional pain of having an abortion because that's the thing that makes people emotional wrecks to miscarriage. It's the same thing. And we womp, get the womp womp. Yep. Life's Just a mulligan. Play yakety sax. What's his name goes back to Newport. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So they have danced the sad dance. The sad dance. Um, oh, Seth is sad. Yes, this is your favorite scene? Second favorite. Yes. <laughs> Seth is sad, like, moping on the lawn somewhere. The cliff, and the cliff. the ocean. Uh, you know, where you go to mope. Yep. Yeah. When yep. you're a normal. Yep. yep. <laughs> with your perfect life that has no problems other than you've never been popular until Amongst you got this, this puppy boy wedding going on in the background yeah. he's just I bet gonna... there's some fucking baller canapes at this fucking wedding but oh, anyway yeah. no cilantro though <laughs> so Summer comes and finds him moping on the lawn and what happens here <laughs> Summer for some reason continues to care for this individual that 
does not warrant it in any way. <laughs> and basically, you know, does the, if I remember correctly, he's like, why are you sad, babe? People are looking for you. And he goes, I'm losing my friend. And she's like, I'm kind of your girlfriend. And he goes, it's not the same. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> to which she does not punch him in the face <laughs> again. Break up with him there on the spot. Yeah. I can't remember what she says in response, but it's oh not anything I wanted her to say. Yeah. Yeah, the feisty uh, she, that we're accustomed to is not in this episode. Look, she's essentially comforting him and being like, oh, we're going to make it. It's fine. It's, we're going to be okay. Do you want to knock me up? <laughs> um, There's no reason she, be, she should be putting up with it. Any no, of this. No. Seth asks for a few more minutes alone and chooses this moment to tell her that he did indeed name the boat after her. Right. Which is, are we just... Are we bringing up the boat again for in case like the people who watch this forgot about it? And <laughs> two scenes from now, they're going to be like, where did the boat come from? Oh, my God. You may as well just said, I have a boat. <laughs> She's walking off. If the previous number of scenes with Seth were not all red flags in and of themselves, this is the reddest of all flags that like, oh, yeah. You know, we should see that light bulb over Summer's head where she just goes, oh, no. Yeah. What have I done? I can tell you emphatically that that does not happen. Oh, so sad. Yeah. So sad. Oh, you asked why Ryan was wearing a hoodie in the next scene. Um, It's this exact same outfit that he was wearing in the pilot. Okay, yep. There's a lot of, they're doing a lot of bookending. A lot of bookending here. Like, these are his... Chino clothes. Hey, he's going back hey, to Chino. do you remember this? Do you remember these pants? Hey, hey, it's almost like we've been here before. Hey, is what they're doing. So he's in that outfit. He's waiting for Teresa to come pick him up for reasons. Could he not? They couldn't have given him a spare Range Rover <laughs> to drive to Chino. They come in like a 10 pack, right? <laughs> At least like the Subaru. Like, something. He wouldn't have... No, because no. he's too fucking proud or whatever that been like, at least give it... Dude, you see how many fucking cars we own. You could take one of them, please. It is much... A two-car two household would at least allow one of you to go to work and the other one to have the kid or something like that. He'd be like, no. Nah. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. At least couldn't this way, the woman who is trying to save money for her eventual... Uh, giving birth to a child has to spend that money on gas to go from Chino to yep. Newport Beach. Yep. Yep. It all works out. You couldn't have put him on a plane or something? I know California is <laughs> a big state. Um, Kirsten has packed him a lunch while he's waiting for Teresa and she's like, haha, don't worry. I didn't cook this. If I learned to cook, would you stay? <laughs> and we're just like, Ugh. we're like, bitch, everyone is so desperate and thirsty in this fucking scene. <laughs> the joke here is that Kirsten is very bad at cooking. Uh, okay. yes. Everyone always tells her that she's terrible at cooking. Yes. I love the awkward hug that comes next of the, ha, ha, ha. oh, we're going to miss you, kid. And they all sort of awkwardly embrace. It is yes. wonderful. And then Sandy's like, and Kirsten isn't even a hugger. <laughs> She's like, you always could ruin a moment. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. 
The uh, writing in this episode is just not good. Yeah. It's bad, actually. The writing is bad. And then comes my third favorite scene <laughs> of the episode. Where, Ryan so goes. Before this scene, yes. where was your cephometer at? I mean, I thought it couldn't get any lower <laughs> after he told his girlfriend to basically fuck off. She was meaningless to him. Yeah. I do want to announce that I could understand literally nothing that was being yes. said. No, from in, neither of from them. From neither this of them. Mumblecore right. city. Yeah. Like in dire situations such as this, we have closed caption available to play on replay. But I, the, the gist of what was going on, I was so angry at both of them that I didn't want to know what they said. So Seth is on his bed listening to his what would today be AirPods, but are just e- earbuds. Earbuds. I'm assuming he's listening to Rooney. <laughs> it was no band Rooney. No, but I think he had a poster for that behind him. Yeah. And- no, the scene on the beach was Iron and Wine. So oh my god, he's the needle to? drops, what they must have spent on the music <laughs> in this episode. Holy hell. Well, uh-huh. here's the thing though. So this show was bankrolled by a record label. So oh. we're thinking they got access to all these shit these all these people because they're probably just all on the record label. Also, Adam Brody personally vouched for Death Cab for Cutie. They show up later. Good for him. Anyway, <laughs> he's probably listening to Rooney and looking like a fucking schmuck on his bed, yep. just staring with his hands in his lap. Yep. This scene is great. So Seth is not in the kitchen in the big family uh, hug. So nope. Ryan has to go to him yep. and say like, hey, bro, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, and, and Seth is laying on his bed pouting like a child. He... Obviously, hears uh, Ryan come in, does not take off his headphones until Ryan is like, "Hey," he goes, "What?" <laughs> like, I'm leaving. And he's like, "Fine, if you're gonna leave, then leave or whatever." Is that what he's more or less? What does he fucking say? I don't even remember. Yeah, he says, "Fuck here." Oh God, do the, we need to look it up? Nah, it's fine. Um, Ryan's going away present to. Seth is a map of Tahiti. Right. Right. Which he, Seth takes, uh-huh. does not look at, like, cast it aside. Thanks. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Toss it on a nightstand. Yep. Like a, fuck you, I thought you were leaving. Yep. And now, it's time for everyone's first favorite scene. <laughs> the one where Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley plays in basically its entirety while everyone is sad and driving away and montaging and leaving in various states. I, okay. I, I for one. Again, I found it. I found it. I found it. Okay, I found okay, it. Okay. I'm sorry. I literally found the script. <clears throat> okay. Um, here we go. Okay. Okay, <clears throat> knocking, door opening. <laughs> hey, man. Hi. Uh, I got a jet. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you really gotta go? Yeah. I said I got a jet to people all the time in 2004. Oh. Well, if you need a hand, I'll take the graveyard shift. That's what Seth says. 
I think we'll manage. I was afraid you'd say that. You can come down and visit me. Hey, so I, uh, I got you something. It's yours, you know. It's always good for ideas. A map to Tahiti. Cool, man. So I'll see you then. See you. And scene. Bravo. And scene. Bravo. Yeah. Wow. Shakespeare, eat your fucking heart out. <laughs> yes, and then just the longest fucking montage of Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Okay. After, what was the wedding song? Um, uh, maybe I'm amazed. Maybe. Okay, after that, I was like, oh, it can't get any worse. <laughs> and then they started fucking Hallelujah. I just about shit my goddamn head. I was like, no fucking I watched. Way. I watched personally as a black eye manifested on your face as if you had been sucked in the eyeball by this fucking song. You were like, ah! Okay. What did you think? Um... One of the things I do remember about this show is this is not the first time they used that song. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, okay, what are some of the things that happen in this montage? Kirsten Uh, is just, like, uncontrollably... Sad. ...racked with sobbing. Yep. Uh, for so, like, it keeps cutting back to her just crying. It cuts to like other people doing things and it uh-huh. just cuts back to her right. just crying and Sandy like holding her. Seth is writing notes to his parents and to Summer about why he is taking this piece of plywood to Tahiti. Summer is nowhere to be seen in this montage. Is Mar- yes, Marissa is in drinking the enormous castle. the vodka. Just drinking a fucking bottle of vodka. See, now this is important, Steve, because she uh, tried to kill herself in Tijuana, if you'll remember. Uh, she went to therapy specifically to try and stop her problem drinking. She stopped drinking for mm. the rest of the show after that therapy was successful. And now... She's back on the sauce. Because what we all know about therapy is you need about two episodes to be done with your problems. <laughs> I I just love the... I mean, it apparently seems like a Ryan thing to do to not actually break up with her, but just kind of like ghost her. Yeah. 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 He wasn't even like, we should stop dating. He was like, I'm leaving. Right. Yeah. She was like, I love you. And he's like, so she's standing outside while he drives away. They don't exchange words or anything like, I'll miss you. I love you. Call me when you get there. Nothing. No. He's just like, mope. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like, but again, so are we broken up? Are right. you de facto going to just start fucking Teresa? Again? But I, like, where are we? I need closure. Yeah. But I think the wordlessness of the scene is really just because the, uh, directors and writers and everything have a hard on for the fact that it is a parallel of how he comes into mm. Newport Beach. Yeah. Awesome. In the back of a car, in a hoodie, mm-hmm. looking real weird, mm-hmm. sees Marissa. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So then uh, I got super pissed because you guys fucking called it and it was, it blindsided me. What the fuck is Seth doing? <laughs> he gets on his, yeah, his fucking. That thing is going to capsize and he's going to drown in the middle of the goddamn ocean. He would be better off in like one of those blow up donut, you know, <laughs> pool toys. That 
is not a boat. No. Just spend the whole summer in an inflatable pool in the backyard yeah, being Tom angry. Hanks's raft was more <laughs> seaworthy than this fucking thing. And this piece of shit doesn't even have a Wilson. <laughs> I, this, there was nothing on that boat. There was no <laughs> What's he going to do? So, okay. In the, in the show, it said it takes 42 days to get to Tahiti, right? Yep. So he has no potable water. No. He has no food. No. He's just got the clothes on his back. He's going to die. Yeah. Yep. But they talked at one point like, oh, we can catch fresh fish and feed it to our women. So he probably has an idea that he's going to fish and drink seawater. What? Drink the blood of the fish? Yeah, cool. Drinking seawater. That's famously good news. (laughs) (laughs) What? What the fuck? I'm just... uh. I, 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 I said this off mic and, and I'll say it again. I, I am so sad that they don't show what Summer was doing. Yeah. Because I would have loved to have seen her. She's playing Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all of you. <laughs> I'm getting my hit points out. on the like, toilet <laughs> taking a massive shit. Did, so because the mean, finger food from the wedding she was allergic to or something? Summer... Sorry, wait, no, let's, let, we have a guest, honey. We yeah, have a guest. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. Famously, Summer in this show is there precisely when she needs to further the plot, uh-huh. and then they kind of discard yeah. her. Not a moment longer. Yes. She's there just to serve other characters' plots. That's it. Yep. It's a massive disservice to what I think is a sort of interesting character. Yep. Sad. What were you going to say, Steve? I forget. Before my wife so rudely interrupted. <gasps> <laughs> How? It's 9.53. And then, this is where Evan gets bratty. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. I, 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 I cannot believe that's how they ended the episode and season. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, this is the part of the show where we would normally do what, Sarah? Episode hero and episode villain. Mm -hmm. Do you want us to go first? Yes, please. You get kind of a sense for it? Yeah. You kind of tipped your hand already, but do you want to go into further detail? Yeah, I'm going to do it again. Um, Kirsten is my villain. And that is more important to start off with than the hero, because I am so existentially angry that a fictional white lady character has any business peer pressuring a teenager who's 40, but a teenager into doing anything with her body. Uneducated teenager of color, right? Yeah. From the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Into having this unplanned pregnancy when she has no prospects. I don't know if I have an episode hero. I think, I mean, Sandy is our de facto hero every other episode because he does dadly things. But also, you could dad harder here so he doesn't qualify. The ocean for drowning Seth. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Um, Julie for getting a giant house and a blindfold. (laughs) I think I have to agree with you on my villain. I think my villain is also Kirsten. Yep. No. No? No. No? I have... have, I'm going to let my guest go first because I have 
two villains. <gasps> all right, all right. I, 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 I'm pretty sure you guys can guess. <laughs> My villain is Seth. Welcome yeah. to the club. He said things to his friends that are unforgivable. <laughs> that if any of my friends had talked to me that way, we're like, oh, good, we're not friends anymore. Okay, <laughs> that's clear. I appreciate you just coming out and saying that, acting that way to my face, so that I know for sure we are no longer friends. Uh, hero, I don't know, man. Um, Oh, if ooh, there is I'm... no one particularly heroic, you can pass. Come back to me. I got to think about that one. Okay. So... Does anyone have a pet that we could? <laughs> well, Rosa isn't in this episode. No. Even her. Yeah. Um... Rosa for not being in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think my twin villains. I'm gonna just piggyback off of both of you and say Kirsten and Seth are my twin villains. Yeah. Because Kirsten again has no business doing what she did. And Seth is just such a fucking schmuck in this episode. I think I'm just numb to Seth at this point. I'm like, oh, he did that now? Cool. <laughs> it's really all par for the course with fucking Seth. Now we can all get matching fuck Seth tattoos. Yay! I, 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 I know who my um, hero is. The guy who didn't sell Seth's boat. And oh. just shrugged it off. That guy is my hero. Where Seth just like, but uh, you were going to steal the boat. And the guy was like, yeah, we can do That guy, yes, we are friends. Oh my God. Oh shit, I love it. Perfect. Yeah, is there a hero? Is there a hero? This is tough because. Typically, we would just say, in a situation like this, we would just say Sandy. Well, okay, maybe Marissa. Like, she, it, her situation is she's in this giant castle with this gorgeous view. We see her, like, in what I guess she might describe as a gilded cage. Mm -hmm. But she's looking out. This loser that fucking couldn't say I love you back just, <laughs> you know, left. Uh, this schmuck that yelled at her to her face is going to go drown in himself in the ocean. <laughs> Things are looking up. She's got a bottle of vodka. <laughs> Bottoms up. <laughs> this is her grizzled detective turn. That's a recipe for a fun teen summer right there. Yeah, Indeed. Absence of boyfriend and a bottle of vodka and yep. internal issues. Yep, Let's yep, go yep, see yep. what Luke's up to. <laughs> Luke is my hero because he's not in this episode. God, yeah, I guess, I guess Sandy just because, yeah, he, so like he dads yeah. sort of an average amount of dadding. Yeah, I know it's a low fucking bar at this point, but, but he whiffed on that abortion thing. You're so very right. No, yeah. you're totally right. Yeah. Oh, and he's almost as complicit as Kirsten is for having just dropped the ball like he did. Oh, Ugh. in that vein, I'm adding a second villain. Ooh. The writers for not oh. writing the word abortion into the script and or having a normal conversation about it. The writers are not infrequently our villains of the <laughs> <Yes>. episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe there just is no hero this episode. No. <sighs> everyone is scattered to the wind and everyone has made shitty decisions and the tune in next season. So I'd like to thank our guest, Steve, uh, 
where can our listeners find you? Uh, I'm not on Twitter uh, or MySpace, so uh, don't check me out there. Um, since we've subjected you to this first one, will you agree to doing uh, the season finale of episode or season two of the OC? Absolutely. I cannot wait <laughs> to find out where our characters will be in another year. Yay! Yay! Um, we are taking a August break because it is going to be too fucking hot to record in this apartment. Um, so have a great summer. Love you so much. See you next year, Lilas. That means love you like a sister. Uh, California, Evan? California, everyone? California, everyone. California. You just listened to Orange You Glad We Watched the OC, the show about watching and talking about the OC. Recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios. Hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept and discussion questions by Sarah. Audio recording and engineering and editing by Evan. Please give this podcast as many stars or thumbs up as the platform you're listening to it on will allow you to give us. Copyright 2023.